What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com. A mega preview for the people, NL Central, NL East. I brought in both Jared Barnes and Sean Coleman to help me out. This one was a lot of fun to record, as you can see from the runtime. We went a while talking about all 10 teams. We throw the kitchen sink at you. As usual, when Jared comes on, we jump around different subjects. It was a blast. We appreciate you listening. We're throwing the Megapod label on because of how epic this was. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. But as always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy the episode. Opening day is Thursday. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by ThunderblogSports.com. The twofer of our division previews. We're trying to figure out how to word that. Math guy, not a word guy. It's a twofer because we're combining divisions to get these over the line before opening day. Probably only going to end up with the five of six, but you know, it happens. We're doing the NL Central and the NL East today. Two-thirds of the National League. And we're bringing them both back. We're combining forces Jared Barnes and Sean Coleman, welcome back. Jared, how are you, my friend? Oh, look at this little menage a trois we have here this evening. And boys, it would not be a preview unless I cracked an icy light and toasted both of you as we do this. So I'm just going to... Mm. I got my yingling uh, over what a, here. What a gentleman. So good to be back. So good to be back. Shawnee, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good now that I have a glass of whiskey. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I've been uh been trying to drink less during the week, and I figured the fellas, little mini five iron reunion minus Jimmy, maybe we get Jimmy as an associated producer on this episode. But uh, you know, had, had to have a couple beers. Had to have a couple beers. But we're doing two divisions. We're gonna run through both of them. So maybe not as in depth as we've done in the past with the NL Central, the NL East, and the other division previews. You, the listener, have been listening to. But this is going to be fun. This, you know, We're going to go through 10 teams. We're going to start in the Central. And Jared and Sean, I was telling you offline, but the America has spoken. We're going to play America's favorite game. Ask the Google AI bot to help us preview the division. And I'm going to read this to you guys. It's pretty quick. According to Google, the 2023 National League Central is expected to be a competitive division for the St. Louis Cardinals, Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds and Pittsburgh Pirates all vying for a spot in the postseason. The Cardinals are the defending division champs and are favorites to win win the division again. They have a strong lineup that includes Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Tommy Edmond. They also have a strong pitching staff that is anchored, Google's favorite word, by Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis. All right, so far so good. We've had uh, the first team, for those who have not listened to the previous ones, First teams, we've had some interesting ones, like Carlos Correa somehow ended up on the White Sox. Justin Verlander was still an Astro. So this is what we're dealing with. This is, you know, to pre- help you guys get an idea. 
The Brewers are coming off a season in which they made the playoffs for the third consecutive year. Already not true. They have a strong lineup that includes Christian Yelich, Andrew McCutcheon. Jared's muted. Any reaction to that, Jared, that he's still on the Brewers, according to Google? I mean, is that like being on the Pirates? I mean, (laughs) this is typical. This is typical AI Google BS right now because it's just pulling this. And this is the problem with AI. I won't go on a tangent, I swear, but it's pulling all this information from other cited resources that probably are true, probably aren't true. And it's mishmashing everything together and trying to sound smart, trying to sound like a human, and it's not. Sean, wait until we get to the Old man yells at cloud. The rest of the Brewers, (laughs) Willie Adamus rounds out their strong lineup, including a player that's no longer on the Brewers and is in a different division team in the division. They also have a strong pitching staff that's anchored by Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. So that's at least good there. The Cubs are a team. No Freddie Peralta? Hmm. Yeah. All right. Sean. Sean, Sean, by the way, is saying, oh, I'm going to be the (laughs) – uh, I'm here for some color and all that. that. That was some good color analysis. Thank you. The Cubs are in the midst of a rebuild, but have some young talent on the roster. They have a young core of players that includes Nico Horner, Shea Suzuki, who the AI bot also said was on the White Sox, and David Robertson. <laughs> David Robertson notably traded to the Phillies last year and signed with the Mets this year. They have strong bullpen anchored by Robertson and Michael Givings who now plays on the Baltimore Orioles. The piece de resistance of this AI. The Reds are a team hoping to rebound from a disappointing 2022 season. They have a strong lineup that includes Nick Castellanos, (laughs) Joey Votto, who is hurt, Jesse Winker, who they traded to Seattle a year and a half ago, (laughs) and they have a strong (laughs) pitching staff that's anchored by Sonny Gray, now on the Twins, right. and Luis Castillo, also in in Seattle. Boo, Google. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Google, it's you're drunk. Go home. It still says bar maybe Google's been Maybe Google's been drinking whiskey. Who knows? <laughs> All right, Jared, your Pirates are a team hoping to continue their rebuild. It's weird phrasing there. And become a contender in the near future. They have a young core of players that includes O'Neill Cruz, Cabrian Hayes, oh, and Brian go. Reynolds. Uh, they hit they hit something there. Yeah. They also have a strong bullpen that's anchored by David Bednar and Chris Stratton. Jared, yeah. Google seems to like the Pirates. Got it all right. I mean, we guys, we've been in a rebuild since Sid Bream, even though we had some spits and spurts of brilliance. So it is a continued rebuild. I will give you that. Hoping to continue to rebuild is a interesting phrase oh no i'm wrong chris stratton is now on the cardinals so it did get one wrong um he was on the pirates i thought he was still there uh shows how much uh in-depth research i did going into this but you know at least there's something there uh overall the the 2023 nl central is expected to be a competitive division the cardinals brewers cubs reds and pirates all have potential to make the playoffs and it will be interesting to see who comes on top that's what she said (laughs) Yeah, we uh, we have some other. There are some other drafts here that have some interesting throw-ins of other players. Yeah, nothing, nothing worth worth of note. Uh, it's it's nothing like the the AL Central that kept calling Jose Barrios an anchor of the Twins after they traded him two years ago. Uh, but yeah, so 
America's favorite game. We'll return to it for the NL East. I'm very excited to see uh, what they get wrong there. Um, but let's jump into the NL Central. Again, we're going to keep moving through this. We'll, we'll talk about each team for a little bit, uh, give some predictions, all that kind of stuff. We go in city order. So we start in Chicago at Wrigley with the Cubbies. And Jared or Sean, would one of you like to lead off about the Cubs? Jared? You know, Cubs, you they all their former self. Um, it, it's really, I see the Cubs do a little bit better. I mean, they got that, they got that chewing gum money behind them. Um, even though, you know, if you take a look at it this year, they'll probably, in my opinion, finish middle of the division. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those where, it's the Cubbies. They're the lovable losers. Yeah, and you know, I'm seeing here from one website a projected record of 75 and 87. That makes sense. And I mean, Jamison Tyon going there to the rotation. Um, let's let's see. But I'm saying mid. They're yeah. mid. No, I agree with that. And um, yeah, we'll get to uh, the next team in Fangraphs projection is going to be an interesting one to talk about. But yeah. Tyone's an interesting ad because, you know, he's had a couple weird years. He had those years in New York where, I don't know, just mm-hmm. they got him from the Pirates expecting, I think, the the pre-injury Tyone that we saw in Pittsburgh that at times looked really good and at times didn't. And then he had trouble staying in the lineup and kind of just a tough time in New York is, is probably putting it lightly. Um, but a guy who, you know, if he can stay healthy, you know, and, and – you know, stick it out. I mean, it's tough, right? Playing in a division that has the Cardinals and to a degree, the Brewers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just tough to see like the one part that I've harped on a lot in these division previews is the fact that you're playing every team in baseball now, not just every team in your league. Um, and just like seeing this team, I, I don't have their schedule in front of me. I can pull it up, but like depending on where they go, who they have to play and all that kind of stuff, like, there's going to be some more high leverage situations and their bullpen really isn't doing a lot there. So it's, it, you have to wonder with a guy like him, I mean, Drew Smiley is on this team and, and he's a guy that, you know, he never really been that great. He was kind of good at the start of his career, but then it's kind of floated around as, as I don't even want to say an innings eater, but like a guy who either is hurt or like only goes like four and a half innings. Like it's just tough. It's tough to see like this, this team really doing well. That being said, you know, you are still playing the, you know, a good bulk of your division 13 times. It's still against uh, some of your other opponents. They're going to sneak out some wins and maybe, maybe make some noise. I mean, what's tough to think about is the team itself. You know, Horner just got this big extension. One of the young cores is actually right. Cause he is 25, but like they signed Dansby Swanson who, you know, we'll Ooh. see how he ends up doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But like Ian Happ's another year older. It's a very well that and that and Cody Bellinger. I mean, they're paying Cody Bellinger a decent amount of money. Like just weird signings like that. They signed Eric Hosmer, like different dudes that like at one point were guys like obviously like Bellinger the last couple years. It's been some real lows for him and and a bit of a bounce back last year. And I, I might be being too kind in saying that, but like. See, it's trying to see how this team does. And like, it's just going to be weird to see this, this lineup get pieced together. Cause like 
You have guys that looked really good at times, like a Patrick Wisdom, who has the potential to hit a lot of home runs. He hit a decent amount last year, but still, like, hanging out kind of in the middle of the lineup. Like, does he end up getting moved up there? Like, Trey Mancini's another year older, and even last year, like, was getting spot starts in the second half of the year once he got to Houston. Obviously, was a big defensive replacement in the World Series, but, like, so he helps out that way. But, like, I don't know. It's just tough to see see how this team can really continue to like to mesh together a lot of new names in this lineup. So it is like I could, I definitely think third is a safe bet to throw them into, but if things don't really Mm -hmm. work out and some of these, these contracts just don't work out, like Sean's pointing out with Dansby Swanson, everybody's picking him to maybe even maybe be like the, the biggest regressor of, you know, of free agent signings and all that sort of stuff, which I wouldn't go that far to say he's still, you know, a pretty talented hitter, but I don't know. It's just, is a lot of new names in this lineup that uh, you know are very different than two years ago at opening day. For sure, I mean, and I mean, no, and he's no spring chicken. I mean, the guy's thirty years old. I mean, what's and they signed him for how many years? Signed for to a pretty like, big deal, um, like seven years or something like that. Yeah, like, he, he's already for the like every time he listens to the radio, like before, like they're they're just saying how he's trending downwards. It's like he is him and Eric Hosmer going to be their their new saviors? I doubt it. No. It's tough to think that. Jared, what do you got? Well, and, and I mean, if, if you're thinking about it, too, when you're looking at the team, you know, losing your catcher, you know, when you have, you know, Contreras no longer being there, that's a big. To your rival that was your, that of was, all places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's a big blow. And I mean, you're starting the season against the Brew Crew. I could see that being three losses. I don't foresee that you're going to take one of those three games. Yeah, it's tough, right? Especially, like, you know, maybe something works out with Strowman in the first game. Like, that's the other thing. is Strowman supposed to be your ace? Like, maybe Justin yeah. Steele. Like, maybe you're thinking he's going to put something together for the future. And we're all excited here. Maybe Hayden Wisniewski. Wins, yeah, Wisniewski. Um, like, another young guy, but still not necessarily. Like, it's just tough. It's kind of this middle of the road we have some older guys. We have some younger guys in the farm system. I don't. It's this I mean, is a real up and down type of projection on this team. When your other starting outfielder is Pittsburgh native Ian Happ, I did not realize he was from Pittsburgh. Yep, he is. You know, he's not a bad. He's a serviceable outfielder. But who the hell is Miles Mastriabunio? Bunio. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, this. Uh, who the hell is that? Second trade. baseman. Yeah, a 14th rounder in 2016. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the other part of it. Shea Suzuki's hurt to start the year. Like, yep. you know, so that's, you know, already a missing piece there. And, like, at the catcher spot, Jared, you brought up a really good point. Like, you're split. You're basically splitting Tucker Barnhart and Jan Gomes. Like, both guys are north yeah. of, you know, north of our ages. Like, that's tough to look mm-hmm. at. So, I don't know. I think you're right in the mid. We'll go. We're going to go to Cincinnati because that's. You mentioned Fangraph's projection. Fangraph says the Cincinnati Reds finishing just behind the Cubs in... Oh, no, no, they have the Pirates finish. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I'm not mad at Fangraph's. Uh, no, I, I kind of like the Fangraph's uh, giving the Pirates some love. They have the, Re- the Reds losing 94 games, which... Yeah, that's not great. The Cincinnati Reds... No. Nah. They're not a good team. They kind of had an opportunity for a couple years there to make some noise 
And I don't know. They, they had some big signings. They had a big lineup. Just never really had the pitching outside of Luis Castillo. And then last yeah. year, they decided to go full tank. And they're in the middle of it. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, and it, when you have a division that has two 100 lost teams, that's bad. Yeah, and, it's, it's you not know, great. it's not good for baseball. These are the two middling darlings that hold on because of the TV rights. And don't get me started on TV rights because we might not even be able to watch the season because AT&T Sportsnet oh, yeah. um, and the regional folks. Um, but I mean, 70 and 92 record they're thinking this year. I see Cincinnati losing 100 games again. You know, half your team's hurt. You don't have anybody that, you know, if I'm looking at you, nothing really. Yeah, I can't even. I, I can't even. There's just there, there's sparks there, Jared. I think they're looking at India to like bounce back. Yeah. Um, I I do you really do you see the ownership group letting the Reds go for their second hundred loss season ever? I could <laughs> in a row. Yeah, I mean their owner is. That's a really good point of just the historicness of the historical aspect of the team, but their owner also, and I know that's from a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mr. Tommy Sullivan of just, they don't, they don't spend any money on the team, on the, mm-hmm. the area around the ballpark. And like, you know, it's just, it's tough because it is such a historic franchise and their tradition mm-hmm. of having opening day in Cincinnati and everything with that. Yep. And, and, you know, looking at a team and when again, projections are bullshit, but if you're best batter is projected to have a batting average of 268 and that's your projected sixth hitter like your third your number three hitter will myers who they did sign from the from the padres not really like he's a good power hitter but he's not really the guy that you thought he was gonna be no when he when he won rookie of the year in tampa then he's a part of a trade that includes trey turner as a player to be named later i don't know if you guys knew that Trey Turner was originally a Padre and within and then got traded as a as a player to be named later to the Nationals to get this Will Myers deal to to San Diego done. Crazy, but anyway, uh, yeah, but like he's you know so, what I, I I hate to say this, Jordy, but he was not originally a Padre. Yeah, he was a he was a a Ray Will Myers. That's what I'm saying. The no, Rays, I was talking about Trey Turner. Um, no, he was he was drafted, drafted by, by the, the Padres. Pirates, twentieth round. Was he? Did he re-enter and get drafted by the Padres? Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because he, because the whole thing with Trey Turner was he got drafted in the first round, and then got traded yep. within a year of getting drafted. So then he, because of that, he had to wait until June of that year to go to the Nationals farm system. He had to start the year in San Antonio and then oh. in June finally got to go to Harrisburg and the Nationals quickly called him up but it was it's a we had him first thing. damn it yeah i mean you know just another another former pirate right <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the list for like the coyotes and all their <laughs> their uh legends oh yeah the, the coyotes legends list are uh Frank Gore Eagles legend for 20 minutes right Sean <laughs> yeah <laughs> that meme never gets old for of the philadelphia athletes for 20 minutes but anyway uh we're he, gonna... he... <laughs> yeah but 
I yeah. mean, let's put it this way, Jordy. I will say it this way. These are not Mark Shepard. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to look at to just look at this team. I mean, they have this guy, Spencer Steer, who's – it looks like he made the opening day roster, young guy. But, like, even that, like, guys – like, seems like he's more of a power hitter than getting on base. Like, there's just so many, like, question marks as to, like, what are they really trying to put together with this team? And, and that's one to lose. But also, why would you go out and sign – Will Myers, just to like, yeah. there's and no I, salary floor. It's weird to think about that. They at least have a guy, has a have a guy that knows the division and Kevin Newman this year. That's true. He's a decent infielder. He can play either position, short or second base, maybe even third if you're real froggy. Um, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, we don't really need to talk about their pitching staff. It's not going to be good. No. Um, let's keep moving. So we go next to the Milwaukee Brewers, who, coming off a three-year stretch in the playoffs, including missing them last year. But the Brew Crew, I was thinking about this today. So Major League Baseball, or MLB.com rather, but on the MLB Instagram account, they had their official MLB.com projections. They had all 12 teams that made the playoffs last year, once again making the playoffs. And they had them in different orders. Like, they had the Padres winning the West and the Phillies and Mets flip-flopping. And um, I believe it also had the Mariners and uh, Mariners and Guardians flip-flopping as well. So then instead of that series – or Mar- uh, Mariners and Blue Jays. So instead of that being in Toronto, it's in Seattle. I was thinking about this, though. It's unlikely – that we get all the same 12 teams. I know there's tanking and different teams, including, you know, we just talked about the Reds and, you know, we'll get your take on that with the Pirates in a little bit and, you know, in Oakland and stuff like that. But there are like stories of teams that we think might be able to do something. I don't necessarily buy some of it. Like, I don't think the Angels are the, you know, that that's like the Regis Philbin America's pick of teams that's going to make it. That so rarely actually ends up happening. But I did think, it's more likely in the American League that one of those teams actually does put it together. I do think the National League stays to those same six teams. Probably a lot closer to last year. Maybe not the Phillies as the sixth seed. We can dive into that if we want to at the end. But if I did, if you gave me $100 and told me to bet on one of the 18 teams that would make the playoffs that didn't last year, I would put it on the Brewers. And I think that's... I agree with that. Because I think they're really the only team in the NL... That has a serious opportunity to it, and and like, you know, maybe the the Giants recapture whatever glory they had last year. It's pretty unlikely, but like, I don't think the Marlins are doing it. We just talked about the Reds. We're going to talk about the Pirates. We talked about the Cubs, and the Diamondbacks and Rockies throw them out. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, did the Brewers finish like a game behind us? They did, yeah, because the Phillies sat everybody in their last two games. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was the the Phillies clinched in game one sixty. Because of uh, and it's, it's because of the Marlins. The Marlins in a weird fourteen inning Sunday afternoon game where all of Philadelphia can't get the game. This Brewers Marlins game on TV. The Marlins come back <laughs> in the ninth inning to to force extras, and everybody's refreshing Twitter. The Marlins account knows that we're doing this, so like Philly, we got you, and at least till we die, like all this shit. So yeah, fuck the Brewers. Anyway, I, but that being said, I think they're the, they're the closest to it, and I feel like a lot of people might be picking them. That being said, they're a team 
that has a lot of the same shit that I don't, that I like am holding against other teams of, you know, we see this every year of like, that we think outside of Corbin Burns, like Woodruff, do we like, what, what do we think we're going to get out of him? You know, do we think he is gonna, you know, put it all together and have a really good ERA like a few years ago, same with Peralta or Lauer, like, and then in their batting order, are they going to stay healthy? And those are just, you know, a couple of the questions there. Oh, Jesse Winker got traded again. He is a brewer now. Um, I forgot that happened. Really great research on my end. But anyway, still, you know, this is a team that still is just trying to figure it out. They also, tr- they picked up Brian Anderson from the Marlins, which just, I'm surprised to see he's only 30. I feel like Brian Anderson's like 37. But anyway, it's just a team like, they're going to try to hit a lot of home runs and see if that can be sustainable, which maybe in a shiftless year, maybe that, that helps out a little bit, but you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough to to think that this team that's always been so power heavy is going to really continue to try to put that all together. Well, and I think another thing, you know, it just, it says, uh, you know, via the AP seven hours ago, they sent here, hero went to waivers and he cleared. So he's back to triple a. Like that is very surprising for somebody who came in. I saw his first games. I mean, granted they're against the pirates. Good, good ball player serviceable would love to have him on our team, you know, but for him to be back in the minors now, I'm kind of thinking his growth is being stifled in the organization. Yeah. That's a really interesting take because there, there is that right of trying to figure out different areas of, of that kind of thing. And it's, I don't know. Is it, is it something where like you're thinking that, you know, you have a young guy like Terang that I think I'm pronouncing that right. But like, you want to try to give him this shot to see what he can do at the start of the year and like, and go from there. So like, I I don't know. That's a really good point. But like, I think it also comes back to, you know, maybe they're just hoping health wise that it, you know, maybe he gets called back up quick enough. I, you know, I don't really know. It's kind of crazy to see. And that's actually a really good point, Jared. I mean, because they just signed Voight yesterday. Yep. So. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, like, that's the weird thing is that, like, so they trade for Winker, which still not a Cincinnati Red. So we were right to shit, shit on the AI bot. But he's still, like, he's probably going to be your DH. He might play in the outfield. But, like. That's also maybe like a backup of if Christian Yelich gets hurt, which hopefully he doesn't. Christian Yelich is fun when he's in the when he's in the lineup and everything. But like, are you really thinking like, you know, Rowdy Telez playing first base every day? Like, is that going to be your plan? Like, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying mm-hmm. to fill in depth spots here and there of signing a guy like Void or having you know, di- different players. But like, I don't know. You, you, we've seen some of these guys in on other teams trying to figure it out of, and, you know, Voight's a really good example of that. If he was in San Diego and then, you know, he's just kind of been everywhere and gets cut and, you know, it, it's kind of weird to see. I don't know. Sean, do you have any thoughts on this team? I mean, I'm not too up to date, so I I won't go too in depth. I'll leave it up to you guys. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I mean, Hey, you got Eddie Alvarez showing off his uh, his skills as a speed skater. So what what more do you need, Brew Crew? I mean that he was he's been a a darling because of his his speed skating on the thunder on the uh, 
the old the old bullpen card. I didn't mention Devin Williams though. I think that's really interesting. Of he obviously takes over as the closer last year after they traded Josh mm-hmm. Hader, and you know now like they have Matt Bush to presumably be the setup guy and see where you know we can maybe go from there and see how this team can maybe get put together and and see how the back end of the bullpen can go. But it is crazy. Like they signed Wade Miley, who fucking sucks. Like the only time Wade Miley's been Wait. good in the last couple of years was because of the sticky stuff scandal and like spider tack. Yeah, exactly. They just gotta. They just gotta. Like, and it's every team's plight in in this day and age. They just gotta stay healthy. I it mean, is. Every, every one of these teams, it's like either the, the rotation is banged up or their lineups. It's, it's, no one's ever gonna be a hundred percent. So for them to make any kind of dent, any kind of noise. They're just going to have to stay healthy. Yeah. Well, so let's let's move on. So the Cardinals, division champs last year, fell to the mighty Philadelphia Phillies. They, obviously we mentioned it before, added mm-hmm. Wilson Contreras. They don't really did do much else, though. That's what the Cardinals do. Mm-hmm. Not a big free agent team. This is a team, you know, we had the AI bot did get this right. They're the favorites to win the division. Not to Agreed. jump on it. I would say no. they're going to win the division again because yeah. the very least, if any of these guys get hurt, I say this joke all the time. They'll find a guy at a rib joint. Said you play baseball in high school. Great. Welcome to the St. Louis Cardinals. You play first base now. That's if Cole Goldschmidt gets hurt. If Aaron Otto gets hurt, he plays third. You know, outfield. Great. You know, they just they see the body type. They see they got you know they like the ribs. Might have a Budweiser. First off, timeout. Paul Goldschmidt, as a number 46 myself. Yeah. That's a great ass. That man, <laughs> as, as a man who has a posterior as well, he'd look good during the World Baseball Classic. All I got to say. That's you know, America's ass. <laughs> that might have been America's ass, even though he grounded into a bunch of double plays, including the championship. However... David Bednar, not to tease it, they did say he looks like a Rubenesque pottery. There's a meme going around with him pitching. So I mean, interesting. Yes, he got drafted in one of my fantasy leagues, and I had to put in the chat a, the obligatory "fuck Lafayette." So, <laughs> you, know, you know, playing at Joe Madden Field, you know, it does something oh. to you. I mean, it makes you want we didn't to wear mention that with the with the Reds though. They do have a Lehigh guy in their farm system. I don't think he's any good, but they have a Lehigh guy there. I follow him on Instagram. Um, nice. Anyway, the Cardinals, the other red team, they, <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they're going to be good again. They're going to be really good. We mentioned the AI bot mentioned Tommy Edmond projected to be the nine hitter in this lineup, and you know they're the reigning MVP. They've you know, I can't remember if Arenado was two, was two, or if he was three uh, behind Machado. But um, you know, just two, like two top ten guys. I mean, just a really oh, yeah. good lineup with a bunch of guys around it. I mean, the the story though coming into this after the World Baseball Classic, you mentioned it, Jared mm-hmm. Lars Newtbar. You know, was a guy. He was a DFS darling last year. Super cheap, easy to pick up. You know, and just stick him anywhere you needed him to because he qualified for a bunch of fantasy mm-hmm. spots. But it, the guy, overnight success with the pump-up speeches for Team Japan and everything there. And, you know, this is just another you know, it's another Cardinal guy that they, they got in the fucking eighth round. Crazily, Paul Goldschmidt, also an eighth round pick, which is just... Tells you all everything you need to know about the the MLB draft. But uh, 
you know, it's just like Brandon Donovan's another guy. Like he was a rookie last year, really good player. Like this is a team that like you don't need to do much to be the St. Louis Cardinals and to be good. You just find these different dudes that, you know, you plug and play. And really outside of, you know, Goldschmidt, Aaron Arnato, Tyler O'Neill, and Contreras, all these other guys are homegrown. And that's just what the Cardinals do. I mean, I think the interesting topic on the conversation with them is the pitching to look at what mm-hmm. they can possibly do. Cause they, you know, obviously it was only a, a, the three game, two game series against the Phillies, but like, yeah. you know, the back end of their, of their rotation isn't fantastic with Steven Matz, with Jake Woodford, like guys that, you know, can, can get some of the job done, but like Woodford's a guy that got drafted in the first round seven years or eight years ago now, mm-hmm. 2015, who just hasn't fully figured it out and you're expecting maybe something to go on there. They have a really good bullpen. Like they're going to win a bunch Mm -hmm. of games and they're going to get, get some good saves and they have the potential to have a lot of good comebacks and shut it down. But Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. is worth noting is the back end of the bullpen, I guess, or the back end of the rotation. Well, and, and, you know, not to bury it from about 20 minutes ago, you know, Contreras, that's a thing, but we would be remiss, and I have to take my hat off and give them a bow to both Albert Pujols and Yadi Molina. Sure, no longer being Redbirds. Yeah, I mean, talk about that span. Even with Wainwright, you know, amazing what they did for that city and for the fan base. Uh, you know, they're going to be a good team. They're going to win the division unless all hell breaks loose. Yeah. What do you mean? Did what do you mean? Did Jared Adam Wainwright still there at age seventy? He's still there. He's hurt. But now. I'm sa- yeah. that I'm saying that threesome, like kind of our menage a trois right now. You know, two of the three aren't there anymore, and he is seventy years old. But you know, hey, you know, I mean, he was the first so starter gotta... for the USA. So, you know, hats off to him there. But um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting because they have like they have dudes that are. You know, even the guys that have been hurt just been Cardinals forever. And, like, yep. the crazy thing to look at is, like, they're um, – like, we mentioned Jordan Walker making the open-A roster, opening like, – on there, like, he's a top prospect for them. Um, you know, he's the number eight, according to Fangraphs, number eight prospect in baseball. Like, and they have other dudes that are just hanging out there and seeing what we can get, you know, from that. You know, I make the – or. I make the uh, Jordan Walker, not the pitcher. Jake Woodford is the pitcher. Uh, two J- JWs throwing me off here. But um, that's what I get for trying to add add a little extra in-depth. But anyway. Um, the, the Memphis Redbirds don't never sleep on them. They're a good farm team for AAA. Can we talk about the fact that St. Louis's AAA team is, you know, it's kind of close, relatively for, like the, for middle America close. But it's just two great rib cities big club in that like Lehigh Valley is close to here you know the you know Scranton's kind of close to New York for the for the Yankees Altoona yeah Max oh no that's not what we're talking about sorry (laughs) but um yeah I mean you know but still like you know they made all the changes just rib joy I don't know what the deal I mean it's kind of crazy too that they don't have one of the many teams in Carolina. Somehow the White Sox just have cornered that market um, that may or may not become an expansion city. But uh, 
Yeah, mm. I mean, we're now beating around the bush. The Cardinals are going to be really good. And, you know, if all things they go well. They have to well, beat around bush. They do it at Bush Stadium. That's actually, Boom! That's a, Jared, I set you up and you spike that. Holy shit. The unintentional setup, too. Holy crap. Mm. I, but, I mean, you know, if all things go well, and even if both of those guys in, in Arnado and, and Goldschmidt take a step back, they both had 30 home runs mm. last year. Like, you, now you have Contreras, you have Tyler O'Neill still. Like, you know, these guys can mash taters. And, you know, they, they have the depth to do that. And I know I harped on the Brewers for that's the only thing they can do. They have good hitters around that. They can get on base, make you know, do some damage on the base pass. And, and not necessarily that the Brewers don't, but it's just the like the like Sean said before, the Brewers just have to stay healthy. And if if they do that, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be more excited about that team. But they've just had those problems over and over. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and have the hot take of health. Like you want health, you want them to be healthy, but like. To like, like really bank on that. I know I said I throw a hundred bucks on it, but like, you know, that's a smart choice. We're not like, I'm not going to actually believe it's coming into there. Uh-huh. It's not the central of old. We've talked, we talked about this last year. I remember sitting in my old place and talking about this isn't the NL central of old where yeah. it was stem to stern, other than maybe the Reds and the Pirates. And on a good year, you had them in the in the mechs too. I was about to say, the one year, the, the Pirates were the third test, best team in the National League and got fucked. Yep. Or no, they were the second best. The Cubs were the third best. They hosted that game yep. against the Cubs. Um, but regardless, yeah, you're exactly right. And Jared, we go to your Pirates. And oh. I'm going to let you have your, your annual address to Pirate fandom. <laughs> all i can say is it's the return of kutch and you know when we when when the signing came down almost cried almost laughed maybe peed a little i was excited but here is my hot take on this Kutch is back and he also said i'm here to win i sure. see a lot of what our team was before i didn't sign just to ride off into the sunset and I was like, good for you, Cut, sitting right next to the GM and telling Bob Nutting, as we always do, fuck you, Bob Nutting. Put some money in the fucking team. They are going to make some really nice improvements around the ballpark, but I digress. I see Cutch coming back. Couple good, couple seasons, teach these young guys. Then he becomes a player coach, and then he becomes a coach. That's what I'm seeing with Cutch. Interesting. You know, baby. Maybe he can teach Brian Reynolds to, to stay and not ask to leave. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you say that. And, he, and here's the thing, though. That guy deserves a payday, and I don't blame him. And he built a whiskey room, so I doubly don't blame him. And he talks with Sheltie and all that. Is Brian Reynolds who they got no. for Andrew McCutcheon? Yes. Wow. That's fun. Yep. Um, good. Good on you. Good on you, sir. You know, we have O'Neill Cruz, who, as long as his, in my opinion, his attitude stays down to earth. I mean, when you're hitting piss missiles at 120 miles an hour, and you're throwing you got a 98 missiles. throwing piss missiles at 98 to 100 miles an hour across the diamond. I would get a big head, too. But I think if he can keep that in check, you know, because there's, there's times where he does, I will compare it to my beloved penguins, like when Gino gets sloppy, becomes Russian, they're up the ice. I see that with O'Neill 
Like Kutch there, he's gonna be like, yo, dude, knock it off. Reynolds, they need to pay the guy. Now I know that's hard right now, and I mentioned it before with you know, we might lose watching these games this year because of the regional sports net networks not being able to pay. So do you see maybe the Penguins and the Pirates link up and go to Nesson thanks to the Fenway group? I don't know. I think and I know Kevin Acklin, he's the VP for the Pens, and I know we're digressing. He said we're really happy we have Nesson. But I think because of the city, there might be in there, which would be interesting. And and then if you, I sent you guys the by the way, in of the next guy I'm gonna talk about, David Bednar. Shout out to Ashley, his cousin. And you know, he is a guy they're going to need to pay at one point, too. He is your closer. He is your guy that you need to continue. He did well in the World Baseball Classic. I think, you know, having a top 10 prospect will quit your Who you have. I forget the catcher who we brought in in the offseason. It was like, eh, you know. But you got creepy Ben Hayes. No, it's great. We have through around and have at least two more years of Kutch. You know, it's only a one-year deal. I think it's going to be a couple after that. But what say you, boys? I'm done talking. Yes, I think I like your take on him being just a mentor to the to these younger guys because I think that is something the Pirates and like you know the classic stop me if you've heard this one before, but like. They have these young guys that are exciting and more more so on on the diamond rather than the on the bump like they had for so many years that they you know sent to different teams and all that kind of stuff. But it is something of like O'Neill Cruz is just a human highlight reel, and I think having him take another step forward and not be a complete dickhead is important, and that's a really good take of just having like a veteran like him. Or like Kutch, I mean, take him under his wing and Uncle Larry. Yeah, I was actually ask who you thought could be the who could be the inheritor of the Uncle Mary Uncle Larry mantle. Um, but you know, I think that's like he's an important guy to like. And this is more of a conversation around like baseball having guys to build around and, and market and all that good stuff. But like, he's a guy that when you see him throwing it like a hundred and two miles an hour from short to first, like that's insane and it's really cool and it's like good highlights to get out there and all that kind of stuff like it's important that he's a dude that people like and look up to and like doesn't get sus- doesn't get popped for whatever fucking drug the Tatis family is telling us Fernando oh. Jr. took and all that kind of stuff like you don't want this guy to be a dickhead and like have like a little kid be like I love that guy and then some somebody's like oh he doesn't sign autographs or he doesn't do whatever like you want that kind of stuff to like you, know, you don't want him to you don't want to you just don't want some cocky douchebag, in other words. Well, you know, also it, from it's like, kind of... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Shani. Oh, the only thing I was going to say, like, as I, like, did a little research before our call, like, he strikes out a lot. Like, he strikes oh, out man. a fucking ton. Yeah. Like, Hutch comes in, and you saw, like, the guy has got overall, like, just a, a giant baseball IQ. Yes. Maybe like mm-hmm. that's why he's there, not just to be a mentor, but to teach him how to get better at the one thing he's really also fucking good at. You're not wrong there. 
And and I think the other thing is too, and there's a couple signings we've had this offseason. I'm like, are we just trying to get to the 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 floor of the salary cap? I have no fucking idea why we signed Parlo Santana. I mean, he's a switch hitter. You can bring him in against left handed pitching. So is Sean. But I wouldn't sign Sean. <laughs> Jesus. Um <laughs> But I mean, it's it's worth noting you can put him at first base instead of G Man Choi against a against oh I know a left another pitcher. one, and then um, you know Austin Hedges, great defensive catcher, mm. Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez. Oh my God, guys, come on! But apparently, you know, Rich Hill, he's a veteran that might help the bullpen. You know, listen, this guy, Vinny V. You know, whatever. But then, yeah, I know. Then you get rid of a guy like Michael Chavis, who came in. Yes, he was a small first baseman, but he was also a utility guy who was serviceable. They finally got rid of Josh Van Meter, who was the worst. I could have played a better second base than him. <laughs> it, it, you know, there was just some people we had that it was like, come on. It, it just goes to show. And I mean, when you're looking at a rotation that's Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Ronzi Contreras, Rich Hill, and then Vin, you know, our A5 last year with four ERA. Yeah. I just say this to say I don't see the Pirates losing 100 games again. It might be 89. It might be 90 to 96. Who knows? I think they're going to be a scrappier team. I think they're going to be more fun. I think they're going to they're going to be above the Reds if we're looking at the division. Maybe if the Cubs falter and they start selling off, maybe above the Cubs just to like putter into third, but a solid fourth place team. Yeah, I would probably put them there as well. I we kind of gave it away as we were. Ta- originally talking about the Cubs yeah. and then with the Brewers and the, the the Cardinals. But, yeah, I would agree with that because it is – if the Pirates really get it together and the young guys take some serious steps forward and the pitching's better than what we're, thi- like, what we're thinking it is and stays healthy. Like, Brubaker might be on the injured list. Like, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Like, all that kind of stuff. So, like – and assuming, you know, other people stay healthy as well. Like, maybe they, maybe they jump up into third – you know, Fangraphs doesn't have too far behind the Cubs, so that's at least interesting. But like, it it, it you know, it that's probably the ceiling is maybe a surprise third place finish. It really is just a, a serious haves and have nots in terms of oh the, my god, yeah, the Brewers Cardinals versus you know the rest of the division. And you know, I'd love to see the Pirates do well, especially like I mentioned, those young guys are they're fun and they're fun to root for. You know, we were really pumping O'Neill Cruz's tires, but Cabrian Hayes, same thing. Like, I'd love to see him become another guy and see what be, and, you know, see what baseball can and do. He looks, he looks a hell of a lot bigger this year over the offseason because he was a small guy to begin with. Yeah. But he looks bigger this offseason, and they need to pay Reynolds. I mean, they got to quit, quit the bullshit. He's a guy that wants to stay, you know. I have from I have from good authority that you know I hope David doesn't leave, but he wants to play for a contender. Yeah, and it almost happened last season. So you got a homegrown guy that's good, wants to be a homegrown guy. He wants to leave because you can't put can't get your shit together. And I said this to Danielle, and I've said it to you guys before. 
man, we have probably top tier stadium, if not the the number one stadium in all of Major League Baseball. It's definitely up there. And it's should, the one that uh, I'm missing on my list. We should we should be relegated. <laughs> Would rather see the Iron Pigs. I'd rather see the pigs it up there. Be, it, I would rather see the pigs up there. I would I would love to see relegation and the MLB. And I mean, hell, the Altoona curve might go over us. <laughs> it would be very funny to see how uh, you'd have to obviously sever ties between teams. But uh, it'd be very yeah. funny to see that, like retroactively make them loans like in soccer or something crazy like that. But uh, it would be very funny to like think about how relegation could could seriously work. In uh, in different team in different in different sports, but specifically in baseball, with all the different teams. But yeah, I mean it. You know, I was gonna ask before, and then we start talking more about crews and, and different aspects. Jared, how bummed are you about Mark Cuban? Here's here's the thing. I will step back even further, and I and, and I'll be and I'll be honest, Jordy. I didn't even know about the Mark Cuban thing. Yeah, they, they denied him from even trying to buy the Pirates. There's been spits and spurts from years. Where, I don't know if you remember years ago, and we're going to talk about hockey because this is based, you know, where it goes. Mario Lemieux, in his ownership team, tried to buy the Pirates. And they were told no. Wow. This was probably after Kendall after after Kendall got traded to the Brewers for a bag of baseballs. Um, Mario Lemieux, Lemieux tried to buy the Pirates and was told no. Because and I and and I know this for a fact. And if they want to come after me for for slander, or whatever, it's because Nutting puts all his money into Seven Springs. Well, he did. I think he sold it, but he was putting all his money into Seven Springs, which is a um, oh shit! A ski yeah, and favorite, snowboarding resort. Your favorite resort. Yeah, that's it. Seven Springs. He put all the money into there. Well, he did, but still, it's like, where are you putting this money, man? Because when I was there, and you guys will not, we were there for Yinzer Palooza last year when the Pirates <laughs> played the Phillies. That sounds incredible. There was not one fucking can of icy light in that whole building. <laughs> This was at Seven Springs or this was at PNC? PNC Park. <laughs> How is that possible? You're telling me there wasn't one can of icy light. There were pictures everywhere. Not one can of icy light. I will say at least, if it makes you feel better, the Phillies <laughs> didn't have yingling at, at Citizens Bank Park until probably like three or four years ago. Well, not three years ago because that was COVID, but like four years ago, I think, is when they finally start, started having yingling there. Jordy, a couple years ago, you couldn't give Icy Light away. But now they're, you know, they're bottling again. We got a big brand new thing. Man, that, uh, that's tough running. Oh, you know. All right, well, should we move? Actually, one last thing. Um, we've been watching, or we finished the other day, Daisy Jones and the Six. Have you watched that on, on Amazon? No, nah. I have so, not. It's really good. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Emily had read the book beforehand, um, so maybe your your significant others have, have read this as well. But um, Jared, it's a band that's basically Fleetwood Mac, so it's imitating oh, okay. Fleetwood Mac. But they're from Pittsburgh, and the lead singer wears pirate stuff all the time because it's in the seventies when the pirates were really good. Well, well, once again, boys, as you can see, we are family. Got the pillbox on. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, let's. Should we, um, should we talk about winning base? Yeah, let's go to the NL East. <laughs> and guys, um, I, asked, I asked the the AI bot. Do we think it's any better or any worse than the NL Central? I think it's going to be worse, and it's just going to make us angry. So let's do it. <laughs> Sean, you're going to laugh uh, when we get to the when we get to the Washington Nationals. It's going to be oh, great. It's going to be great. So the 2023 National League East is expected to be a competitive division with the Atlanta Braves, New York Mets, Philadelphia Phillies, Miami Marlins, and Washington Nationals all vying for a spot in the postseason. Notice the same opening paragraph as the previous Mm -hmm. four AI bot predictions. The Braves are the defending World Series champions. Oh. (laughs) And are favorites to win the division again. All right. They have a strong lineup that includes Ronald Acuna Jr. That's correct. Freddie Freeman. Oh. Famously not right. correct. And Ozzy wow, Albies. He's, he's, he's coming back in time two years. <laughs> they have a strong pitching staff that is anchored, the AI bot's favorite word, by Max Freed and Charlie Morton. No mention of Spencer Strider. Uh, yeah. Or Michael Harris. here. <laughs> Michael Harris is an outfielder, but yes, that is uh that's probably should be there in there instead of Freddie Freeman. Maybe a number of players in there instead of Freddie Freeman that actually play for the team. The Mets are coming off a season in which they won 102 games and are hoping to build on that success. They have a strong lineup that includes Jacob DeGrom. Very nice. Notably facing the Phillies on Thursday, but with the Texas Rangers. Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. They have a strong pitching staff that is anchored by DeGrom and Taiwan Walker. Ooh. Didn't realize the Phillies let him go back to New York. The Phillies are a team that's hoping to make a run into the postseason after missing out last year. <laughs> they not a, wrong. They have a strong lineup that includes Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto, and Nick Castellanos. That's who they choose. That's who they choose, Nick Castellanos. Yeah. I mean, Not they could have the hundred million dollar man that's all over the internet. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, well, just wait. John, just wait. He had a strong season batting. Come on. Just wait. <laughs> just wait for Trey Turner. They also have a strong pitching staff that's anchored by Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler. All right. The Marlins are a team anchored. that are <clears throat> that is hoping to continue their rebuild and become a contender in the near future. They have a core of players that includes Jazz Chisholm Jr. Miguel Rojas and Sandy Alcantara, or Alcantara, excuse me, reading this almost verbatim, uh, or reading this by letters, Alcantara, to a couple people in there that I know are going to correct me. Um, they also have a bullpen that's anchored by Anthony Bass and Dylan Floro and the piece de resistance. The Nationals are in a team that's in the midst of a rebuild, but they have some young talent on their roster. They have a young core of players that includes Juan Soto. Okay. Trey mm-hmm. Turner. All right. Oh, wow. And Victor Robles. I mean. Man, he's a, he's a double agent. <laughs> they have a strong bullpen that is anchored by Kyle Finnegan and Brad Hand. There's an anchor in there somewhere. <laughs> and not anchoring. Uh, anchoring down is uh, it's more of a literal term than a. Uh, 
than the metaphor. Overall, the 2003 NL East is expected to be a competitive division. The Braves, Mets, Phillies, Marlins, and Nationals all have potential to make the playoffs. Oh, boy. And it will, will be interesting to see who comes out on top. That last sentence is true. Three uh, very good teams. Nets. Two teams Dude, won, 100, won 100 games last year. Phillies obviously won the National League. And that's going to be a battle. Do you think the Nationals want to shoot themselves in the head knowing that they had Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Max Scherzer? Yeah, I mean, and Soto. He was yeah, there. He I was mean, there Harper's last year. That was his rookie year. Like, Jesus. Or he was in the system. He might not have been a rookie yet. I think 19 was his rookie year. But uh, he was still in the system, you know. Um, it's wild. I mean, part of it is, like, you're hearing a lot of – different owners and stuff like that. And, and we talked about it a little bit last year when the, before the, either before or right after they traded Soto when a, a friend of the program, Matt Marcus on the show and just like trying to get different guys off the books because of you know franchise values and different stuff like that. But it really is. It just shows you, you know, different or no, we were talking about this specifically with the Steven Strasburg contract, which unfortunately, you know, guy gave it his all to win a world series, but it's unfortunately gone South in that way of, Guy just can't stay healthy, but yeah, it's, you know, the nationals, it's just crazy to see where, uh, you know, where they were four years ago and where they, where they are now. I mean, after basically calling it quits almost two years ago at the trade deadline, you know, a couple things bounce different at the start of that season. A couple guys don't get hurt. You know, they're in a different spot. And if, even if they're the playoffs expand, you know, they're potentially not trading those dudes. So it's kind of a, Real, and you can say the same thing about the Cubs, frankly, too. But, you know, real, uh, real, you know, sliding doors moment type of thing. But, you know, the top three in this division, obviously, Sean and I are a little biased with the Phils. But it's going to be fun to watch this. And I mentioned it before, but the not playing the teams in your division 19 times and instead now playing 13 times. So you play every team in baseball. It really opens this division up in terms of, A, you don't have to play the Braves, Mets, and Phillies 19 times, but you also don't get to play the Nationals 19 times. And I'm not including the Marlins in there because last year Jazz Chisholm got hurt. So, like, the end of their season got kind of wonky with, you know, injuries and all that kind of stuff. They were trying to trade dudes and all this crazy shit and ended up trading some of them. We'll talk about that when we get to them, but... It's going to be a fun year to watch because, at least from a Philly standpoint, Sean, they play the Marlins in the, I believe it's the second week of the season they go to Miami. Do you know when their next series is against the NL East opponent? I was going to say probably a month later. Yeah, Memorial Day. They play the Braves. It's, it's, it's wild. And everyone... They're, they're just also saying that because of how competitive the division is going to be, they want to, like, showcase those games at specific times. Yeah. It's going to be – I mean, you're grouping these games together more. Like, last year, Jared, the Phillies played the Mets in four of their six series before Memorial Day. They didn't play wow. them again until – so that's before Girardi even got fired. And they played them seven more times in August, and then they were done playing. Now they're going old-school Big Ten football style – backloading at least for the Phillies I haven't looked in depth in the other schedules as well but like Mm -hmm. they're playing the Reds twice in April like they're really just making sure that like these showdowns happen in more meaningful situations and around the trade deadline post the trade deadline 
it's really interesting to see of like how they kind of finagled their way into putting these schedules together. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I mean, I will talk about what I think of the division and what Sean thinks, what you think and everything, but it's going to be a really cool division. What do you, what do you think is the outsider of the, the three of us here, Jared? I mean, it, it goes back to what we talked about before when the NL Central was strong. I mean, you have a vision here that, you know, the top three teams, will call it, damn strong. Yep. You have your bottom two teams, the Derek Jeter-less Miami Marlins and the who are the Washington Senator Nationals. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a three-horse race. Mm-hmm. And you can see after years of, you know, the Braves after you had the, you know, you had the three aces with Smoltz, Glavin, and uh, Maddox, they're back. You have the <sighs> the Mets, and and man, I got some Mets fans I work with, but shit, sorry Mets, don't celebrate when you're winning because you know what, you could get hurt. And then you got the Phils, and I cannot wait. So you ask me my thoughts on the softest fucking umpire I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, we'll, please continue. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. And I'm glad we had a good umpire breakdown last year too, Jared. Why is it when we're about to podcast that the umpires decide to really make uh, complete asses of themselves? Let's just talk about it now. Uh huh. Do you want to recap it or should I for the for the listeners if they haven't seen it? So I see on the the interwebs yesterday. JT Romuto gets tossed out of a preseason game. JT Romuto, soul patch aficionado just like myself. Very calm guy. Never been kicked out of a game before. I don't think he swears. I don't think he does either. 2,000 games, never been kicked out. Might be Mormon. I'm not sure. No, that's only Bryce Harper. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um... He, the, the pitch before the umpire throws the ball to the pitcher. I'm not sure who it was. It doesn't really matter. JT, the umpire goes to put the ball in JT's mitt, and he just just puts his mitt down because he feels, and that's just if you've ever seen a catcher or you played the position or whatnot, it's just what you do. You're like, okay, um, oh, I don't feel it in that time frame. When he's Drops looking, the glove, the, he's looking right at Kimbrel, and Kimbrel is like also putting his glove up thinking that the yep. ball might get thrown to him. Yep. Puts the but you're, all, down. you're also forgetting the setup about how the, oh, the guy was asking for a, a ball like multiple times, correct? Yep, that too. Yeah, he kept throwing the ball away. Yeah, that was the setup that you could see the the, the um getting kind of muffed. So miffed. Our boy Angel Hernandez is still around. Lose. Or if you're wearing black, blacks as umpires in the shirt. Do not make the game about you. The ball drops on the ground. This umpire, he looks like he got short man syndrome. Turns around, tosses JT. JT goes, huh? Literally. Rob Thompson, who's Canadian, Christ's sakes. (laughs) He got pissed. (laughs) What? 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 I looked at that. I probably watched it 14 times and went, you are a soft motherfucker. Well, the funniest is JT and his, his confusion goes, I thought you're throwing it back. Like he doesn't even like, 
there's like his temperature, his blood temperature and pressure oh, stayed cool. as cool as a, as a fucking glacier. He's like, I thought you were throwing it like what? Like as if he just smoked a bunch of joints or ate all the fucking pot cookies I ate at that Flyers game. You know, he looked Oof. like he was that high. Never forget. You know? Never forget. R.I.P. Denise. It, yes. Well, th- that to me, if that if that guy is not reprimanded or sent to the minors, we got a problem in the MLB. I saw this somewhere, and I don't know if it's true or not because I think I just saw a like Instagram reaction. He might be a Triple A umpire, like it actually like umpires in Triple A, and is like calling MLB spring training games to like warm up. Well, buddy, you proved your worth. You're going back to single A. We're not even sending you to double A. Actually, you might go to Puerto Rican winter ball. <laughs> I I could have tossed when I umpired Little League, people out for more, and I didn't. I refed one game. I refed the a uh, the powder puff game. And I, like we went out and bought nice. ref ref jerseys and all that. There was a lot of uh a lot of having to be like, hold on, like the play's not set up, like so you're feeling like a dick, and like, yep. but me and my buddy who's coaching the juniors, we like set it up that I was gonna throw him out, and even that was like we were acting it up, and even that was like we had to like really make it seem like he was gonna like completely like threaten to like tackle me or something to like really make it believable of like, all right, buddy, you're out of here kind of thing. You know, like the Kramer being like, oh, we're like the umpire and the manager. And the the uh, OJ spoof episode of Seinfeld. But like, yeah, it's absolutely insane of what the. Uh, Leslie Nielsen in the Naked Gun is a better umpire than this guy. Leslie Nielsen, that's a great reference. Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. But yeah, uh, absolutely insane. Same thing. JT act like an absolute professional as he does you know he does the the breakfast club fist pump as the crowd's pumping him up oh you know, i didn't see the end of it yeah he um john boy is a really good breakdown of it that shows okay. like what sean was talking about and, and unfortunately sean had to drop so we we thank him for show, for coming out i think he might be back don't call it a comeback just yet you know, I was going to try to leave the air mystery out there but yeah maybe he does come back but anyway um yeah so he Gets tossed, and um, I think it's Isonia's one of the umpires that's in the crew. Okay. And as he's walking off, Isonia's like, well, what happened? He's like, yeah, I've never been tossed before. And he grabs his stuff. He runs out to the – he's either running out to the bullpen or maybe the the, the locker room in the clubhouse mm-hmm. or out there. But he runs out down the left field line and, and is just doing the fist pump. There was a lot of freeze frames of, don't you forget about me. And, you know, breakfast club type of things. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, he runs down. He took it like I a mean, champ. It was great. You know, you're a guy that just – here's the thing. You're just somebody that was one of the USA's finest players in the World Baseball Classic. You know, you represented your and, – and this ump, <laughs> and I think we shouldn't give him any more airtime, was an arrogant prick. Yeah, thousand percent. It, that's all – it was. It, it ain't about you, buddy. It's that simple. And I will have to say, just as good, and it wouldn't be a, a Thunder, a Thunder blog, a bullpen card, or whatever, 
if we didn't talk about NASCAR because a couple of two weeks ago, I believe it was Justin Williams, driver of the 92 in the Xfinity series. Mr. You know, Game 7, Comcast. he's driving cars now? He might be. I, this guy, caution comes out, he's in the wreck. It was cold in Atlanta, so nothing was sticking. No tape, no nothing. Well, there's a rule in NASCAR, Jordy. I didn't know if you knew this, where if you cause a caution or a part of a caution, and then you cause a secondary caution right after, you're yanked. Oh, literally, it's literally two yellow you cards. Have... Yep, you're done. Oh, shit. Nobody knew the rule. I didn't even know the rule. So my man's, he goes to the start-finish line, parks his car, Gets out of his car, gives the peace sign to the crowd, walks across the infield to pit lane. NASCAR officials are pissed, and they go, you're going to get fined. He go, they can find me all that want. I can't fucking pay it. And he gives the hard hands, and that's it. <laughs> that's great. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I don't have a good, uh, a good follow-up to that of racing-related. The only one I can think of is... Uh, in the F1 race, the last one, two weeks ago, there was mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso had some penalty that was assessed against him. And, and in F1, they can either assess the penalty at the end of the race or they can just take in the five-second penalty in the pit lane. And they let mm-hmm. this guy, Fernando Alonso, who's you know been in Formula 1 forever, he took a couple years off and he came back. And he had his 100th podium in this race. Wow. But he, he was out in the lead and they, they showed on the radio like, Fernando, you have to take a, a five minute or five second penalty. He goes, okay, okay. Like just took it like a champ. Like really, you yeah. know the the sportsmanship. It's great. It's great. Aussie Grand Prix I this mean, weekend for the Formula One. It's at one a.m. So I can't watch it or, unless I stay yeah. up late. But DVR it. Yeah, I guess I could DVR it and watch it Sunday morning. But um, yeah, you know, but baseball. Yeah. Yo. Well, we're here to talk about. So we'll talk. We'll start with the Braves. Because we are going in city order. Yep. Braves are really good, Jared. And similar to the fucking Cardinals, another team I hate. God, they keep finding young players that are really Mm -hmm. good. Sean mentioned Michael Harris. uh, Michael Harris the second. I mean, guy came out of nowhere last year. Ends up being unreal. He was their eight hitter. Rookie of the year finalist. Loses to Spencer Strider. Who's also really fucking good. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess like the real, if you're going to look at the, at the Braves and try to figure out their health and all this sort of stuff, like Ozzy Albies hopefully plays a full mm-hmm. year. You know, they replace Dansby Swanson with, with Orlando Arcia starting in, at shortstop. And like, you know, you can look at this. They added Sean Murphy to be their, uh, good doctor. Their, to be their catcher, Arcia taking over full time, I should say, as their yep. starting shortstop. But regardless, you know, a solid it's, lineup. It's a dude. really solid lineup. They still have Darno if they need to, you know, maybe maybe switch him in and maybe have it be a platoon. Yep. But like, this is a team that like they no matter what hits this team, they lose Freddie Freeman mm-hmm. because of whatever the hell ended up being the actual answer there. If he wanted to stay in Atlanta and whatever the, the, all the crazy bullshit is like they got Matt Olson in that trade. You know, there's yeah. all the shit with I'm Ozuna from the Braves. And like that didn't affect him at all last year. And you know, it's really just a question of how healthy can this team stay? But even in that same regard, this is a team that's lost players. They lost Ronald Acuna and won the world series. 
Like, yeah. it's a team that just, it's well run. They develop players really well. And they're going to be really good again. And it sucks. Because you mentioned the three-headed monster when I was a kid. Yes. And did you know? Do you know why the Pirates aren't in the East anymore, Jared? I do not. So. Sid Bream, can we blame Sid Bream? So, a little, little quick history lesson here. It's apt because we were talking about both the Central and the East. So, in the 60s, baseball's two leagues divide into two divisions. The Cubs and Cardinals are scheduled to go to the West. And the Cubs Ooh. say, no, 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 no. We're not going to the, the West division. And We're not going the, to the West. The National League basically says, all right, well, we can't separate you and the Cardinals. So you're both going to the East. So... The Bru- the uh, the Braves, you guys used to be in, in Milwaukee, so you should be fine with the West. And Cincinnati, you're going to go to the West, too. This is how originally I looked it up. The Phillies were in Cincinnati. No saw this. Made zero sense. Uh, the AL also has some crazy shit with it, too, but we're going to talk about the National League. So fast forward to the 90s. They add a bunch of teams, and they decide to add the Central Division to both leagues. And they're like, all right, this makes a lot of sense. You know, now we don't have like a team that's west of a team that's in the west division being in the east division. St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, or Milwaukee's still in the American League at this point. So Houston, because they're in the NL still. Cincinnati, you guys are all going to be in the central division. And Atlanta, you guys were in the west. Are you guys cool with being in the central? Okay, yeah, sure. The geniuses in the National League go, well, we did just add a team in Florida. And there's no one really close to them. They really need a rival. And they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll have a, you know, Pittsburgh, Philly, Montreal, because they were still up there yep. before they moved to Washington or New York. Like maybe they'll like have some really heated series with somebody and, you know, spark, spark something there. You know, maybe maybe it'll build naturally. No, we need a team close to them. The closest team's Atlanta. So Atlanta, you're going to be in the, the East. And they're like, all right, I guess that's cool. You know, we're in the Eastern time zone, so, you know, that's kind of cool. And like, all right, well, so we need somebody to move. Um, Pittsburgh, you guys are going to move. Pirates like, the fuck we are. And, you know, everybody else like, wait, hold on, hold on. Mets and Phillies are like, you know, they're kind of close to us. And Phillies are like, yeah, we're both in the same state. Probably should be in the same division. And Nationally, no, 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 no. We need the, the Marlins to have a rival. So the Pirates get forced to move to the Central Division, oh, and it have apparently applied to move, applied and protested to move back to the East a number of times. And the National League has just denied it. So it's the Marlins' fucking fault that you aren't in the East with me, and that I have to, that I've had to deal with the Braves my entire fucking life. And the Marlins won two so, World Series titles, which sucks. I mean, hey, it's it's one of those where I do agree. If you look back at some. He's all that we can't remember, but the East with Pirates being in division, you know, that was a good NL East. It's a really good NL East. What's the crazy thing with the Cubs declaring we don't want to go West is that that season that this all happened was 1969. Uh Uh-oh. The amazing Mets season with the Cubs, one of the best pennant races or I guess division races in baseball history. A lot of Coke. 
lot of coke. Not as much as the Doc and Daryl days in the eighties, but well, uh, well, okay. When we get to the Mets, I got something for you. It's not the eighty-six Mets, but I got something for you with that. Yeah. Um, what would have been the drug of choice in nineteen sixty-nine? You think acid? Uh yeah, I would say acid. Yeah, I think that's. I think that LSD. Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, we lo- we know a couple years later is the famous Doc Ellis game, and that was mm-hmm. LSD. So yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll just go with LSD. Um, right, but we so mentioned the, the Marlins. Yeah, so the, Bra- the Braves are going to be really good. I mean, yeah, I mean, we listen. I off think a bunch they of can teams. win over a hundred. I think they can win over a hundred. So I'm glad you say that because I am so and I hate harping on this so much, but this whole you're mm-hmm. not playing, and specifically in the NL East, that you're not playing your division as often. Yep. I wonder if it'll ha- if that'll happen again because the Braves did do very well against. Mm -hmm. all these different teams in the NL last year. And, you know, we play the NLEs played the AL West last year. And, you know, outside of the Mariners and the Astros, who obviously both made the playoffs, the rest of that division wasn't very good. So now you add in that you have to play the AL East again. You have to play the AL Central. And some of the teams in the Central aren't very good. But Mm -hmm. is that worth those six extra games you were playing against the nationals and again like the 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 marlins are being thrown out here so maybe i'm overthinking this but i yeah. really am wondering how close how many teams we will get winning 100 games because it's such a like you're getting more of that nhl nba grind of going all over the country like there's multiple west Fair. coast trips now and all this stuff. like there were some before like the phillies always went out west twice i'm sure the pirates probably had something similar but like mm-hmm. you know it's going to be interesting to see because like maybe you know, maybe now it's three West Coast trips or a longer West Coast trip type of thing. Um, so it's just, it's just something worth noting of that you're going to have to deal with that on a you know year by year basis. Of do you get lucky and you get to play all three LA teams or the two LA teams in San Diego in one go, or like do you have to yeah. come back and you know go to San Diego and then fly back, play the Angels, fly back, play the Dodgers type of thing. So it, it'll it'll be very interesting to see if a team does win a hundred games. But I would agree. I think this, of the three teams, especially given injuries, you kind of hinted at it with the Mets. Uh, the Braves certainly have the best shot at winning 100 games in this division. Mm-hmm. Well, we mentioned the Marlins. Yeah. A team that last year, you know, I, I mentioned it, had kind of a weird run where they were doing decent. Mm-hmm. I say that kind of loosely, but you know, then Jazz Chisholm gets hurt. They're talking mm-hmm. about trading different guys. They ended up actually trading Pablo Lopez over the over the offseason. They still have Alcantara, Cy Young Award winner, incredible season a year ago. And this is a team that has kind of figured out some of their different players. They have guys that, you know, have you know been around the block. And it's once again just a team that has some young stars like, you know, Jazz Chisholm's only 25. Brian De La Cruz is 26, you know, but they, they signed Gene Segura, who's 33. Joey yeah. Wendell, who's, you know, obviously been around the block for a while. He's 32. Yeah. You know, Scott Stallings is, is a name they signed over the offseason. He's 33. And, you know, different guys on their team are, are getting up there. Jesus, Sandy Alcantara's 27. What the fuck? Fuck, I knew he'd been in the league for a while. Good God. Well, 
He's pitching. With I mean, 21. you have a you have a Gold Glover behind the plate, which still kills me every time I see Jacob Stallings is down in Miami now. Yeah, I call him you Scott know. Stallings. That's a golfer. You did, but yeah, that's okay. That's a golfer. Um, I feel like Jazz Chisholm has a little bit of a uh, similar attitude to O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, that's um, that's probably fair. I mean, he's a guy that last year we were hearing rumors before he got hurt that his teammates didn't like him. Yep. Because of his cocky um, attitude. Which is why he got know. on the cover of the show. Because he has that same kind of, you know, swag that it's, you know, that yep. we need to, you know, it's good that baseball is yep. accepting those kinds of players. But reel it in, like be a team player kind of guy. It reminds me of, I forgot the the guy's name, not Bernie Mac, but the other dude on the Brewers that, you know, he's not a team player. And oh, Bernie Mac teaches him how to be one and Mr. Yeah, 3000. Yep. Like, that's what Chad Schism reminds me of. Oh, sorry. Um, but I mean, you know, I take a look at it. If you're going through the lineup here and saying, okay, you got a veteran catcher there that can help these pitchers. And I mean, Johnny Cueto. Please hang it up. Yeah. It's time to. And I didn't realize this, but Sixto. Sixto is down with the Marlins now. Oh, uh, yeah. He was a part of the JT trade. Didn't re- didn't realize that. Yeah. And then if you look He's at it, too, hurt, though. I don't think. He's had kind of a weird career down okay. there because he was really good, I think, in the COVID year. I think that's when it was. It might have been the start of 21, but then he got hurt and it's been kind of in and out. So it's. Yeah, it was definitely the COVID year because they hadn't re-signed JT yet, and it was a big. If we don't re-sign this guy, we're going to be really pissed off. Kind of, kind of situation. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you're also taking a look at it too, I mean, uh, my cousin Matt Barnes is now playing for Miami. Um, it, it, it's Miami baseball is always going to be weird. Um. You know they're they're not going to be a great team. They're not going to make the playoffs. You know, I just I just feel I don't think Gene Segura should be playing third base. He did a little. I don't bit think when he was on the Phillies, yeah, he mainly was playing second and at times shortstop. I feel he has an arm. I don't know. He's serviceable but I don't think he should be a third as an all-time third baseman for the year. Um, who knows what's going to happen, man? Because who's the manager now? Um, That is a good question. It's not Donnie Baseball anymore. Let's take a look. Miami Marlins. Marlins, man, is his own Wikipedia page. Let's pull that up. Yeah, and Lawrence Levy. I didn't realize that was his real name. Um, but anyway, Miami Marlins' current manager is... Skip Schumacher. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. I remember when he was still All playing. Right. Damn. But yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right, though. This isn't a team that's going to make the playoffs. This was like kind of the sexy pick a couple years ago because in the COVID year, mm-hmm. they made the playoffs and I think they beat the Cubs and made it to that yes. out of the wild card round. And, you know, some, you know, some people were thinking maybe – you know, they they were really going in the right trajectory. It seemed like a easy no in that regard. But, you know, it's just the same thing of, like, they just need health. They need players to, like, actually step up and be a part, you know, and, 
and be the guys that we think they're going to be. Like Jesus Lazardo is a really good example of that. Of mm-hmm. you know a guy who you know has the skills to do it, and obviously there's some extracurricular activities that um you know prevent him mm-hmm. from playing um certain maybe not the same creams as uh our friend Fernando, but cream uh, in the clear. But yeah, some something like that. Um, but yeah, like Trevor Rogers is still hanging out on this team. He, he had a fucking 5.4 ERA last year. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, it's just yeah. hard to like really think that this team is going to like make serious noise. And I, I don't know. It's, it's hard when two of your, two of the teams in this division, won a hundred games, one of them got even better to a certain degree. We're going to talk about the Mets in a second, but no. Uh-huh. You know, and then, you know, the Phillies have been, you know, Phillies got even better to a certain degree. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But, like, it's, you're not on that same page of signing a Verlander, yeah. signing a Trey Turner. Like, if you don't have those, like, on top of the rosters that those teams already had, Jazz Chisholm's only going to get you so far, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. top to bottom, it's hard to think that they're going to make serious noise to even, like, float around 500. You know, I know there's some people that think they're going to you really surprise a lot of people. There was some Marlins blog that had hot takes thinking that Marlins are going to make the playoffs. The Phillies and Mets were both going to finish around 500, I think is what it was. At least the Phillies were, according to this Marlins guy. Like, that's just, that's just fucking. That's asinine. Yeah, it really is. Um, oh, interestingly enough, so I mentioned the, the divisional stuff. The Marlins do play the Mets in seven of their first ten games. It's very interesting. Wow. So, and then they play the Phillies. So that's, they play 13 of their, you know, allotted, what, it's 13 times 4. So that's uh, 72 games now. No, 52. 52 games now? Yeah, 52. Um, yeah. 52 instead of whatever that number was before. But it's, you know, a lot less games against the division. It's just hard to think this... Uh, I don't know. It, they're a team that was in the bottom, the bottom 10 in a lot of categories still finished in fourth because of how bad the nationals were, even when they yep. still had Soto and, and Josh Bell. We'll talk about some of the exciting aspects to the nationals at the very end, but mm-hmm. I think we've really circled the wagon enough on these uh, Miami Marlins here. Uh, they're not the fish uh, I think we excited we, I think... about in, in South beach, but that's another sport for we, another day. The New York I think Mets we circled here, the drain, man. Circle the drain with the the fish. Yeah, they're not the bottom of the drain. We'll we'll get to the Nationals, but the New York Mets. You said you had a couple takes about them. All right. So, in my heart of hearts, in my deepest sympathies to Aaron Britton, Mike Kazlowskis, Kimberly Fegis, some of the rest of my Mets fan. Done your. Some of your teammates celebrated during a big win in the world baseball classic and Jordy it took me back and you probably know this better than me you know Edwin Diaz there was a certain kicker who celebrated years ago who did the same goddamn thing and you too he got carried off by his teammates you went off in a wheelchair so to all those fans in New York who and this is how I look at the fandom in New York. You have your Yankees, Rangers, Giants fans. 
And then you have your Mets, Islanders, Jets fans. Yeah, Mets, I think that's Jets. the delineation. It usually is. We we know a couple Jets, Yankees, a couple Giants, Mets, but it's usually that. It's usually that. Y'all were excited because you think you were getting Aaron Rodgers in his in his uh, horse pills. He's immunitized. Edwin, and then Edwin Diaz hurt himself. So, literally same day. Oh, same day. Same day. You can't. You can't get too excited and don't buy Super Bowl ads. That's. Um, we're going to start there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so. Yeah, you mentioned it with the Diaz injury. I oh. talked about it. It's the night we did the NL West preview. I stayed up to watch the U.S.-Columbia game. That injury happened the same night. The Puerto Rico beat the Dominican. And, yeah, it just sucks. It really does. Because it's yeah. – this is a team that, you know, they have a bunch of players from this 100-win team that are coming back. You yep. added Justin Verlander. You added Co- – Kodai Senga, I believe is how you pronounce his first name. You know, you let some guys go that maybe weren't the best fit or some rental players and all that sort of stuff. You're figuring out a catcher. You've been figuring it out for a little bit. They have some young guys that they're expecting can probably come up. It sounds like maybe some service time uh, harvesting or whatever the phrasing is that we're using nowadays. Um, But you still... You're returning a lot of that same lineup that we saw from a year ago. And you still have Lindor. You didn't get Correa to to complement that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which is unfortunate. But, you know, that whole situation was absolutely wild and seeing what happened. Yeah. Um, You still have Pete Alonso. You still have Jeff McNeil, both of whom didn't have the best appearances in the World Baseball Classic, but still are very good players. You know, player. It's a two week tournament. I'm not sold. You're not sold. Okay. I'm not sold on McNeil, man. Why? Because of his He's weird so- bat? Well, probably. I mean, I'm also not sold on Starling Marte. I mean, yeah, they reclaimed him. They made him so much better. Okay. Let's be real. McNeil, I don't know what it's about him. He's he he's milk toast to me. Why? Because he just hits the ball where they ain't? Yeah, I did that title. too, but yeah. which is wild. But I mean, it's just like there's something with McNeil. I don't think he's going to have a wonderful season this year. It's not going to be the same. But they do, they do have Danny Milkshakes Vogelbach, which Pirates, you fucked up on that one. That's when the season turned when you got rid of Danny Milkshakes. It's interesting, right? Because he and a number of different guys were there, like floating DH in terms yep. of like they, they platooned it in terms of what handiness the starting pitcher was. So that is an interesting wrinkle of what this team is going to do. Cause Darren Ruff, not back on the team. There's rumors yep. the Phillies might try to pick him up, which is interesting, which we'll talk oh, about recent in a little bit, but um, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're going to talk about another Philadelphia organization retreading people. Yeah. I mean, you know, it happens. Um, yep. Anyway, yeah, but this team, it's still, you know, they have guys that can still play really good baseball. You know, sure. Eduardo Escobar is kind of, I don't, like, I'd be really interested in, like, sitting one of our Mets friends down and being like, what do you think? Like, the guy hit 20 homers but only had 60 ribbies. Like, yeah. the guy struck out a decent amount. 
was second on the team in it, just barely ahead of Pete Alonso. But like Pete Alonso also hit 40 homers last year. Like, where, like okay. do you think he's going to repeat that? Do you think like, I'm sure they would just take 30, like and seeing how he can go from that. Like, you know, it's just a very precarious situation they're in because of the fact that they were doing so well for so long, had that end of the year drop where they end up losing the division to the Braves and then go out pretty quietly against the Padres. I know they went out in three games, but like, you know, they had the the weird, you know, ear check thing that happened in that third game. And they only mm-hmm. had, oh, some, I forget how many hits it was, but they barely were getting on base and all that sort of stuff. So like, where do you think they're going to go from here in terms of a team that in the regular season up until the final couple of weeks, couple of weeks of it, at least was doing really well. And then all of a sudden kind of just the wheels fell out from under you. Yeah. Now you add Verlander who had an unbelievable year last year and you know, the age stuff, I hear that criticism of him. Scherzer, another year older. Yep. But they're still really good, at least like until they're not. And I don't think this is some sort of all of a sudden, you know, the the difference of between 2011 Lee and Halliday to 2012 Lee and Halliday where Halliday gets hurt and Lee didn't win a game until like the 4th of July and all that crazy shit. Like, I don't think that kind of thing is going to happen, at least not for, you know, a couple more years like the, this, this one, two and depending on how good Senga is like, this could be something that we see of those three, those three guys. And that's not even mentioning that they still have Carrasco, which I know that, you know, has been up and down with the Mets and all of that. It, you know, the rotation's really solid it, where the question becomes, is that back end? And I'll, I'll circle back to this when we get to where we think the division's going to go. Originally, when I thought about it and how I would pick how the three teams were going to go, I really debated if it would make the difference for the Mets. If that now that David Robertson is likely your closer, maybe out of Eno, but like maybe they're splitting the job similar to what Robert Robertson ended up doing with the Phillies when he was there. But like, he's going to get hurt again. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's a China doll. He's like Rick DiPietro. Well, you, you mentioned the, the celebrating, Celebrating things. He only missed like a couple games in the playoffs because of that. But um, yep. it literally, literally the same thing. He jumped up after a home run last year. For those who don't remember David Robertson getting hurt. Um, but it, it's just interesting because they have, I mean, it's funny seeing some of the names on this depth chart yep. for the, for the bullpen of Tommy Hunter. Fuck that guy. Sam Coonrod. Fuck that guy. Oh, not because they play for the Mets because they sucked for the Phillies. Yep. <laughs> just like some of these other players are decent. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what this bullpen does in the back half of games, because Absolutely. it's a team that finished fifth in runs. Obviously, when Degrom was pitching, because he came back after the trade deadline from injury, you know, they were able to get him a little more run support, but still strangely not at times, uh, despite how good that that offense was. It's just. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team follows up last season because there are the expectations to see them maybe take another step. But I don't know. It's just a team that you almost have to see it to believe it, and this is a team that won 100 games last year. Yeah, and and I just feel 
and I don't know if because it's living up here now or whatnot, it's the why not us. Okay. Like the Cubs used to be. I don't I don't see the Mets doing it. I mean, they're gonna be a good team. You got Scherzer and Verlander. I think Robertson's gonna get hurt. I think Ver- Verlander's gonna get hurt. I don't know if they built the, the new stadium on an Indian burial ground or whatnot. I'm even seeing a real bold prediction that David Bednar is going to go to the Mets in a trade. David, I mean, I'll even say David's either going to the Phillies or the Yankees. In a trade, or are you think in free agency? I don't think it's going to be in free agency. I think it's going to be a trade at some point. Okay. Um, I, I, I see the Mets. They're going to be a good team. They have good depth. I feel the injuries are going to kill them this year. I mean, it'd be it probably have to be a really serious injury bug. I would think for them to really be derailed that badly. I can see what you're saying in terms of if guys are cold, and then that mm-hmm. you know some other guys get hurt in the lineup, so like all of a sudden some of that depth starts to maybe rear its ugly head. But like Tommy Pham's on the team, you know, mm-hmm. you have a couple guys that can backfill some of these spots that can probably get the job done. And it'll be very interesting to see how the season starts for them. Cause if it starts as hot as it did, you know, great. And you have your second ACE in Verlander now, instead of getting him back at the end of the trade deadline and all that stuff, like so many Mets fans liked to remind me a year ago, I don't know necessarily where, where do you think the Verlander injury is coming from? That just last year he came out of the Tommy John and, you know, he just pitched too well and the elbow is just not actually that healed? Um, Father time is undefeated. Sure. And so is Mother Nature. Sure. So, and Kate Upton's probably going to deal with it too. Um, I didn't say Jesus that out loud. But, I mean, it. I don't know, man. I, it, there's a black cloud over this team. Okay. I don't know what it is. I I don't know if it's because Aaron Rodgers and his juju. And Juju's going to the Patriots. I don't know. I just I just don't. They're going to do well. They're not going to be able to take that next step. Okay. Okay. I'm prognosticating. I'm feeling <laughs> it. All right. No strip JSB. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so next up. Are my darling Philadelphia Phillies, the National League champions, signed Trey Turner. They traded for Gregory Soto. They signed the Kimbrel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of that either. But this is a team coming in now. The expectations of, according to John Milton, wanting to win multiple championships and they're going to have to work pretty fucking hard to do that sort of thing. And it's because of the division they play in. It's because of other teams in the national league that are also very top heavy. This is a team that, you know, however many months ago, what five months ago is the world series that, you know, everything with Reese Hoskins, people wanted him off the team and all this stuff. And, now, because of the injury, your crazy ideas, you're going to need to f- figure it out on how they're going to do this because 
There's wild ideas that I saw after it happened. I talked about it a little bit at at the beginning of the AL Central pod because I think that's the day it got mm-hmm. they got hurt of uh, you know different ideas that have been thrown around of how do you get Derek Hall you know in and out of the lineup against mm-hmm. lefties and against righties and all that sort of stuff. Like who do you have batting against lefties? It's very interesting to see the ideas of how they can build this lineup. Cause you know, a guy like Jake cave who had a really good spring training is going to be on the opening day roster partially because of the, the Hoskins injury. Although I think he probably would have made the team. Otherwise, you know, you can see maybe it's, you know, how does he fit in? Is he like, does he play right field and he can move Castellanos in as the DH? And then what happens when Bryce Harper comes back from his Tommy John? When does Bryce Harper yep. come back? And it could be early. It could be early. They're not putting him on the 60-day IL, which is very intriguing. I'm still just going to keep my mind on thinking it's around Mm -hmm. July 1st just to, you know, be excited if he comes back sometime in June. Um, But, yeah, no 60-day IL for him, which is crazy Mm -hmm. that you thought it was around the All-Star break. They said mid-June, which maybe that's really still the date, and that's great and all that stuff, and they're just being optimistic if he – is just that crazy of a person that he wants to try to come back early and they're smart about it, whatever it is. But I'm burying the big lead of it. Of They tra- well, they signed Trey Turner. First off, the only reason why Harper regenerates so quickly is because he doesn't drink caffeine and or booze. Yeah, he's a crazy Mormon person. But yeah, Trey Turner. Yeah. Captain America himself. All what a done. what a WBC for him, and what Bamos, a spring training, Bapo Bapos, and what a spring training since he came back. Oh. I mean, all he does is just hit home runs to left field, and they're fucking laser beams. It's great, and he runs out every fucking ground ball is a close play at first base. I mean, like yep. just what he adds to this lineup is so exciting as a Phillies fan because they had the Schwarber leading off and everything last year. And yep. that obviously worked. He led the National League in home runs, but now you don't have to have him as your leadoff guy. It doesn't have to be bases empty well, and all this stuff. You can throw Turner there. You can have Schwarber bat two. You can even try to like figure out Stott or Marsh at two. Like Rob Thompson's not afraid to mess around with the lineup, especially now with the Reese injury of that. There's no real solidified, strategy at first base. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this lineup's constructed and how he continues to tinker with it. Well, think about it. Four of the starting, and I, I will say this, four of the starting U.S. players, if they were all healthy, would have been Phillies. It's exciting to think about. It's very exciting to think about. And yeah. I'm going to put, I, I got to put in air quotes, quote, Bedlam at the ballpark, because now... That's trademarked. Bellum at the bank. Or the bank, excuse me. Regardless, trademark, thank you. Now you owe them $5. I don't. <laughs> if I get sued for $5 for that, uh, that means that, that we're that some serious people are listening to this. So thank you for listening. Oh, you're welcome. Um, one of the things I can say is I missed that about not being in the Philadelphia these days to be at the ballpark to see that to see what's going on to feel that because i was wearing my andrew mccutcheon jersey i was wearing my 
jersey to work during the World Series. It was exciting to see, and we were texting in our group with all our softball friends. Shout out the team and everybody in it. You know, the dearth of excitement for Philly. I mean, it's going to be a great team. I think the Phillies are going to fight. They're not, I mean, they might get in as a wild card again this year. They might be a little better. Trey Turner, my God, man, that's exciting to see. I wish I had this for my own buckos, but it's exciting to see for the Phils the potential. And also, you know, Tywon Walker coming over this year. You know, how the hell is Josh Harrison still playing ball? <laughs> uh, that was an interesting signing to see because of, you know, just basically sticking him in as, you know, utility depth guy. Basically and the same role that Edmundo has been. Yeah, basically the same role that Edmundo Sosa f- has filled in the last, uh, yep. I think they traded for him in June, so nine months. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, this team is going to be very fun to watch. The concerns are injuries. Obviously, yep. Reese is not the only As one. As we've seen already. Yeah. Andrew Painter was expected to maybe be making his major league debut as the fifth starter. You know, Ranger Suarez is banged up. Um, you know, it's it's exciting, but there is some tempering of the expectations just because of that. You know, a lot of the same similar stuff that we saw from a year ago of, Different guys in and out of the rotation, different guys in and out of the lineup because of injuries. And yes, you can say Bryce Harper missed however many games he missed last year, like 55 or something like that. And they still maintained that playoff race. Like literally sitting on my couch, game you know, the game's in San Diego. So I'm, it's middle of the night and thinking, fuck, the playoff chase is over, all this kind of stuff, because they had the great June and all that. Yep. And no, the Phillies still still stepped it up and you know, did did some stuff to really keep themselves in it and had some really gutsy road road series wins and then, you know, had the, the classic swoon at you know, the end of, uh, end of July, start of September. It really, just they, it really keep you on your toes. And I feel like that's probably going to be a very similar theme to this season of maybe it's not as dicey to get into the playoffs, but it really just does depend on how well do they play against the Braves and the Mets? Because for a little while, that series against the Braves, the season series, not the playoff series, was a lot close, was close, and then kind of fell off the end. The Mets completely owned the Phillies last year. So, oh, agreed. Trying to at least have water find its level and maybe be around 500 against those two teams, especially with how few times you do, in fact, play them, becomes paramount. And that's something... That's so interesting with what we were talking about before of the, the that the Braves and Mets series are backloaded on this schedule for yep. them. So it's, you know, hopefully there's some health that comes back by the time that, uh you know, those series are coming around and down the stretch in crunch time. But, man, it's going to be a fun season to watch. And I wouldn't expect the same slow start that we had from a year ago just because I think Tomper lets them – you know, be them and have fun and all that stuff. I think the Walker signing, it's going to be very fun to see how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. It might be, might not be the Zach Wheeler signing, you know, a similar starting pitcher signing from the Mets, but, um, you know, it at least adds a fourth starter for the playoffs and all that. I don't want to jump the gun mm-hmm. there because they obviously have to get back into it, but 
It's just, it's a fourth starter that you're not wondering, like, you know, Bailey Falter will be a starting pitcher at the start of the season just because of injuries. But, like, oh, it's a Falter start or after they got Syndergaard. Oh, it's Syndergaard, you know, basically a bullpen game kind of thing. And eventually those were bullpen games in the playoffs. Like, you know, we don't have to worry about that a ton. Matt Strom's a guy that, that keeps getting some some love in terms of maybe being that fifth starter and figuring out, you know, where they're going to go with him. And I don't know. It's exciting. And then the bullpen additions, I just need, like, I, I just need to see them be successful before I get too excited about that. Somebody had them as, like, Three. the eighth best bullpen in baseball. And I retweeted it. It was from Absolutely Hammered. That was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, that's exactly my thought. Yeah. Like, maybe they are that good. But I, the Phillies bullpen, that owns so much real estate in my brain of just negative thoughts and emotions that I cannot get excited about them until I actually see it be successful. So maybe I'm being too pessimistic on that, but I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird feeling to be that, like, to think that this team went from making the playoffs in game 160, they had to really charge because of a fucking Sunday afternoon game between the Marlins and the Brewers. Yep. And to now thinking like the playoff, they might walk into the playoffs. It's it's crazy to think. I don't think it's going to be that easy, but I hope I'm wrong. I I, I don't I don't. We have grown up with a lot of teams disappointing us. Mm-hmm. Or like tonight, the Penguins ended up losing seven to four oh, after shit. coming back. Yeah, to the Red Wings, and the playoff streak of seventeen years may be over. Oh, Flyers won their fourth straight. Fucking idiots. Well, there you go. See, I mean, hey, we'll talk about your new chairman coming up. <sighs> talk about teams disappointing you. Winning four straight. Oh, Winning... oh. Idiots. I mean, you're... but that's the thing. It's. I think Philly's in a good spot right now. I think that with the city and the teams watching it, I mean, for two and a half hours afar now, you know, the Phillies are going to do well. I think they make the playoffs again. I think so too. I, I feel that there are expectations there. I've met John Middleton before and all his cigar money. Um, you know, he's bought in. He's a fan. He understands it. As he told Bryce Harper, I would have paid you fucking more. Yep. And, and that's the big thing. And he went out and got his friend. There. That's what he told Bryce Harper. Yeah, and and there's a good team. When you look at that lineup and you see that, if if you're sitting there and I re- and it, you know you read the names off of, you're like, wait a minute, who do they have? Herner, Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins, Romuto. Well, Hoskins is hurt. Not, te- but but I'm just saying in general. Yeah, that's not terrible. That's not Cruz, McCutcheon, Reynolds, short, sure. and whoever hell else is in our lineup. That excites you because Turner, USA, Schwarber, USA, Harper would have been USA. Hoskins, okay, Romuto, USA. That's your that's your World Baseball Classic starting lineup. That's pretty good when you're America's team. It's pretty great. America started here. Helped yep. them get the only reason why they're in the why they get out of the quarterfinals because of Trey Turner. But um we're As a friend of ours would say freedom, freedom, and freedom. Yes, but we're not mentioning, and it's funny that Sean mentioned that Sean called it out when uh, mm-hmm. we asked the AI bot. But Castellanos, the take has been said yep. a thousand times, but 
the hope for a bounce back here. Oh, um, yes. That now becomes so much more of a pressure-filled situation because now you don't have Reese to try to... You, know, you could have batted Reese ahead of him. And then if Castellanos is having that bounce back here, maybe switch them in the lineup. Um, the other aspects, too, I mentioned it a little bit with how they might fill Reese's role with Derek Hall, but it's worth noting Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh, both left-handed hitters. They were spot started in the world series when, uh, or not in just the world series, but in the playoffs when they faced lefties of Matt Veerling, who was a part of that Greg Soto trade along with Nick Beton. Um, he's, you know, now in Detroit and Edmundo Sosa is still here. But, it, you know, depending on how you're going to build this lineup, if the crazy move Alec Bohm to first only against left-handed hitters or left-handed pitchers, which I think is stupid. But if that's what it is, then Sosa has to play third base. So you're going you're gonna to have them face lefties. And, you know, Marsh, a lot of people are thinking he's going to have an even better year than last year just because it's a full season in Philadelphia with Kevin Long, the hitting coach. And, you know, his numbers that in Anaheim versus, versus in Philadelphia – you know, so having him maybe as the everyday center fielder, maybe you're seeing Jake Jake Cave or Dalton Guthrie getting spot starts, you know, depending on how you want to build out the outfield and how you want to necessarily build out the designated hitter. Like, if you're going to actually have Cassianos play in the field, which is not a very good fielder, it's, it's no secret, and it's not me just being pessimistic. He's not. Um, but seeing how those two guys, Marsh and Stott, as lefties do with left-handed pitching it is going to be, it's going to be important to see how the back half of that lineup performs and how they can potentially, you know, try to try to repeat as nationally champions. No, it, it, it's true. And, and there's a lot of potential. We have to see how the team comes out of the inter- injuries and, and don't sleep on topper, you know, for oh, him great. to come in last year, Long-time bench coach, Yankees organization, came down. I think he's great. First and Canadian. That's to, what you need in the First Canadian situations. manager to win in Canada. Yes. He. But yeah, you're, you're spot on there of a guy who just lets them be them and Correct. isn't afraid to, you know, make the drastic moves. I said it when the Phillies lost, but a lot of people being upset that he pulled Zach Wheeler in that. He was a guy that lived and died by those drastic changes and drastic moves that may have been a little too preoccupied, you know, not preoccupied, but premature or, you know, having spot starts here and there. So like his ability to be, you know, open and unique in terms of how he does things is going to be a really valuable asset to the team. And, you just hope that it works because you do have, I mean, when Harper comes back, it's what Schwarber, Marsh, Stott and Harper are left-handed. So almost half of yeah. your batting order is left-handed. So you have to fill, have to figure out how to, you know, fill that out too. So it, it it's going to be fun to see how they end up, you know, building out this lineup. I keep saying that, but there are a lot of question marks that Thursday will answer for mm-hmm. opening day facing DeGrom, but that first time they face a lefty is going to be, you know, a really, it's going to be telling, but it, it may not be every single card that Thompson's holding close to his chest. Did we 
briefly, very briefly talk about the last team? Yeah, the Washington Nationals, um, who still have Juan Soto and Trey Turner, according right. to the AI bot. Um, this is a team, obviously last year, you know, the, the blockbuster trade of trading Soto and acquiring assets and in the middle yeah. of a, a <clears throat> sale and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, it's a team that, I don't know, it's really a, a shell of its former self of, you know, obviously won the World Series four seasons ago and, yep. you know... There's some guys here that, you know, are guys, you know, they've been around the block a couple times. Um, You know, Corey Dickerson's hanging out on this team and, you know, that Joey Menezes, uh, he had a good second half of the year and has a 29 year old rookie. So they're hoping maybe he, if he's playing every day, has an opportunity to, to, you know, continue on that and really have a breakout. And, you know, he had, he had a good World, Be- World Baseball Classic for Mexico, but um, it's... The aforementioned Michael Chavis is on the team now. Yep. Uh, Dom Smith is hanging out there. You know, yeah. the, there's guys that we've, you know, heard their names on different teams that are now on the on the Nationals, but it's, it's really tough because some of the guys that are on here were supposed, you know, at, at certain points of time were supposed to be like big, big names, you know, yeah. like Steven Strasburg, obviously, you know, he's been around forever, you know, since 2010, this is yeah. his 14th season in the league. And, you know, they had all the, the inning counts and all that stuff. and was a vital part of that world series team, but really just fallen off, you know, fallen off the plateau in the last couple of years, Patrick Corbin, a similar situation. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's just going to be weird to see how this team does like Mackenzie Gore, who they, you know, they're hoping big things for, like, can he be a guy that steps up and maybe wins a couple ball games for him? Can Josiah Gray do that? Their bullpen's really nothing to, to write home about it, You know, again, it's, it's guys that have been around like Kyle Finnegan or Carl Edwards jr. Not the NASCAR driver. No, um, no, no, no. The Carl Edwards retired early. Carl Edwards jr. Not the same. No, he's. Uh, I mean, for, former former pirate, former pirate, former cub. Yep. You know, it's it, you know it, it's it's very upsetting to look at Washington D.C. and and see the shell of the teams that are there now. Yeah. Um, the greatness that was the the Commanders franchise. I mean, that's a that's a oh. a lot of books. That's a fucking novel series to talk about what happened. That's with them like over the last that's like years. Mike Mil that's like Mike Milbury talking on a pod uh, a friendly podcast of ours recently, and he won't write a book yeah. from his years. Y- you know, to see, I mean, your projected rotation is only five, four people. It's not five; it's four, and it, it sucks. You know, moving from Montreal. Be in the World Series champs. And then, I mean, that's the best way to describe it. I mean, D.C. sports right now, unfortunately, is on the decline. I thought Pittsburgh sports, we've talked about it before, being at the top of the roller coaster and going down. I couldn't believe the D.C. sports has surpassed that. And 
you know, you talk about a lineup where you only know a couple people in it and it looks like the Buccos. That's what the Nationals look like, and they're they're probably going to be the worst team in the league this year. Probably the worst of the NL. I think they give the, the Oakland A's a run for their money because um, the A's, uh-huh. A's, are, A's are still pretty bad, Jared. Um, that'd be a fun bet. But they got, but they got, they, they got that worse? roll of the dice, though, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons and Yahtzee. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, ah, God, it, it does suck. And you hit a really good point of, you know, not necessarily, I don't want to say the fall of the Capitals because it's been kind of a gradual decline over the last couple of years. I know the Capitals have made the playoffs and everything, but like the Wizards and where they've been and where they are now and weird trades because that's the NBA works and yep. the, the commanders have just everything that's happened in in there and now they might be uh you know a, a sibling to the philadelphia magic, to the, magic johnson's 76ers. commanders they might no it's uh did he throw in a bid too or did he throw it in with josh harris i thought i saw i i thought i saw his group was a six bill the josh harris type of deal was a six bill there's a canadian guy that has a six bill so maybe yeah maybe he, he also does um but yeah i mean it's just, it is crazy to think. And, you know, the the Nats are – we saw it when they traded Scherzer and Turner to the Dodgers. Yep. It just – it immediately took them from being a fringe playoff team two years ago. Again, if there's six teams in the NL playoffs, they probably don't trade them to yeah. all of a sudden – and part of it's like it, – part of it's bad contracts and, and all that kind of stuff and like – you don't want to like just harp on on that because baseball doesn't have a salary cap and all this kind of stuff. But like when Strasburg's basically not playing because he's so hurt, yeah. or you're only expecting him to play oh so many games uh, as a starting pitcher, like he's getting paid that much money. Like is that just at a certain point you just trade the dead money and, and figure it out? Like that was something they were like that we were trying to figure out how they might be able to do that because of an impending sale, like. It, it does just suck. Like, I hate to finish this on a negative note, so hopefully some some positive, fun anecdotes at the end of this. But I don't know. They're, they're just a team. It's not a hot take to say they're going to be last probably by a mile in this division because the Marlins at least have some excitement to them that they could sneak out some, some wins against good teams. But the Nats, you know, it's – they're they're – Opening the season against the Braves, and you mentioned it of of I think it was the Cubs Brewers series that could be a sweep. Like that's almost definitely a sweep against the Braves to start oh, yeah. that off. They play the the Braves, the Rays, two playoff teams, and then they go to Colorado. Oof. And maybe maybe you know after a week, the Rockies always start off kind of hot, or usually do, especially when they're at home. Like you know, unless something gets snowed out in Denver, we're sitting here thinking. You know, the the Nationals, it wouldn't be crazy to think they start one and nine, two and eight, maybe oh and ten. Yeah. I don't know. It's and it is sad. It really is. But I don't know. Do we have a positive note on them? Their ballpark's great. It's no I've never been to PNC, but it's you know, ranking wise, it's no PNC park. Well. Um, can the Yotes take on some of Strasbourg's salary? They might be able to. Okay. You know? Um, that could help be there with Dion Phaneuf and oh hell. I think they're still playing Chris Pronger. Pronger. 
Um, who was the other one that played for the Red Wings that was really good? They don't have Datsuk money, do they? Yep, Datsuk money. Yeah. And Hosa. Yeah, that's the big one, Hosa money. Yeah, but that was the Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fun. Um, we digress. Yeah, do you think that the Capitals want to play it? I'm trying to even think of what college in D- Georgetown. Georgetown's ACH, ACHA rank. Tubby Smith Arena. Tubby Smith Arena. Jesus. Well, he's down at high. He's down. He's down at high point now. Is he really? I didn't realize that. No, and our John. No, what was the coach of Georgetown? John was John Thompson the third. John Thompson the third arena. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, not Tubby Smith. Yeah, yeah, but Tubby Smith is the coach of High Point. I did not know that. That is a that is a yeah. fun fact. There you go. So what's what? What can we end on, Jordy? What oh, fun and excitement? Do, we do need to do the predictions for the division. We've only done oh. fifth and fourth. Um, I would say Braves, Phillies, Mets. Okay, so I have Braves first as well. I've gone back and forth prior to spring training, World Baseball Classic, and all that. I had Mets too. Edwin Diaz gets hurt. I had a, a kind of alluded to this before, but. Seriously debated whether or not the Phillies and Mets flip-flop. Um, then Reese Hoskins gets hurt. So I'm going to stick with Mets, yep. too. And then Phillies, okay. third. Maybe they're the first and second wild card, so they actually play each other in the playoffs um, and play them play each other in the playoffs for the first time ever. Never played each other. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, aside from a couple years in the, the late aughts when the Phillies started winning the division, Mets and Phillies – Generally, haven't been good at the same time. Fair enough. Yeah, especially in the especially since the the playoffs expanded to the wild card era. Um, you know, the Mets obviously were pretty good in the late nineties. Phillies didn't make the playoffs in the wild card era until two thousand seven, when both teams were good. So for those two years, no seven or eight, uh, and then the Mets weren't very good for the the rest of those Phillies division runs, and the Phillies stunk until last year. So yeah, you know. No real opportunity to play each other. Phillies have played the Braves a lot because, as we mentioned before, the Braves have been in the NL, the NL West. So they've played in the NLCS before and obviously the DS last year. But, uh, yeah, you know, crazy stuff. But, yeah, it's fun stuff to end on. Um, you you mentioned it before. Do you want the Penguins' playoff streak to end or do you want to see them try to sneak in for the last dance? It's not even the last dance because we're not making the playoffs. We don't have – or we're, we're – um, they got to get rid of Dumoulin. Jeff Carter, he's my boy. They're dogging him. Jari's hurt. I don't know if he is in a Matt Murray situation where his psyche isn't there or he's really hurt. Casey DeSmith got lit up tonight. We have Dustin Toharski, who was the Buffalo goalie last year, just got called back up from the AHL. Uh, the e-bug in the game the other night, and I forget who they were playing, was blind in one eye for both teams. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a shit show. I hope we sneak in. We're still three points up over Florida with, this is good radio, as always, how many games left in our season? Stall some, for some time, Jordy. Uh, you got eight games yeah. left. We have eight games left. Uh, I don't know if that includes tonight or not. I don't know. We'll see here in a second. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. And okay, I mean, it, it does one's against your Philadelphia Flyers in PGH uh, Sunday the 2nd. 
So this Sunday. Well, like the last Pittsburgh Philly game, go Penguins. Oh. Oh. You, got, you guys should win. The Flyers have no business winning any more games this year. But here's the thing. The former CEO of Independence Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to be there next year. And Dan Hilferty, I've I've met him once. He don't mess around, dude, with his position now at Comcast. Yeah, he apparently is a big hockey guy, which Dave Scott he was is. not. Um, I joked to a friend of ours uh, today that Dave Scott recently learned what the blue line did, and that's why he oh. decided to retire. Uh, but yeah, the hopefully oh, that means you're pregnant if you get two of them. Jesus, um, or COVID. Yeah, or that, or or the cove. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully that's a step in the right direction. You know, it's just it's frustrating of just where the team is. I mean, yeah. part of the nice thing of the winning streak is Tyson Forrester made his NHL debut and had a really good run, and now okay. he's down. Back down to the Lehigh Valley so the Phantoms can try to make a playoff run. Uh, this guy, um, Emil Andre, who they drafted last year or in 2021, um, he's a Swedish prospect, had a really good world. It had to have been last year. Uh, but he had a really good world juniors for Sweden, and he came over and he's playing on the Phantoms now and is apparently doing pretty well, at least from what I see on Twitter. All right. So, you know, there's hope there. But, I mean, it's the same. It's hopefully not the same thing that it's been for – a decade of, all right, this guy's the next big prospect. He's going to be really good. And the development's just not there. The only player you can say that about is Carter Hart at this point. Like even Joel Farabee is uh, granted Joel Farabee has been hurt at different points in this year, but like, you know, even he is taking a step back and it's just crazy of where the team is. It's, you know, not fun. No, I agree. And I, and I hate it. I hate it. I, I, I it's, it's upsetting to me. To see it yeah i mean it's more fun no. when the, it's not just for me but i think it's more fun for for hockey when the flyers are good and at least they're making the playoffs like it's fun that some of these other teams that you know are non-traditional hockey markets like carolina being on this little run yeah. they've been on for the last what five seasons that they've been making yeah. the playoffs and all that sort of stuff and now they're in a really good spot right to make a serious run especially with their record at home last year in the playoffs and their record this year at home and Maybe they make that kind of noise in the uh, in the playoffs again. We'll we'll see what happens with uh, you know who they face in the first round. But you know, it's all, it's all fun stuff. I mean, I'd rather see. I know they're the Penguins are currently in the playoffs, but I'd, I'd rather see the Islanders drop out just because they're not fun in the playoffs. I'd rather see Florida with all of their fucking high scoring on both ends of the ice than an Islanders team that you know doesn't really score goals and doesn't allow goals. I'd rather see, rather see more fun hockey in the playoffs than, than, uh, you know, the teams that play basically playoff games in, in the regular season, very few goals. I I hear you. Majority. I have a 12 pack. Okay. Let's start with the frozen four. Okay. Minnesota versus BU. Who you got? Uh, BU. Okay, BU unranked Minnesota number one seed. Yeah, I um, I know nothing about college hockey, full disclosure, but I saw one of the guys on BU just full cocky in a, I think it was between the second and third period, but he was like, yeah, no, no one's touching us. I love the swag. Same with Michigan for the next game. 
Uh, I was going to say Michigan and Quinnipiac. Adam Fintinelli or Fintilli, whatever the fuck his name is. Supposed to be the number two pick in this upcoming draft behind Connor Bernard. Guy is unreal. He's just a human highlight reel. He was, I was really bummed speaking of the, speaking of the college tournament of the, their region was at the Phantom Stadium in Allentown. And uh, I didn't end up going up, but I debated it. You know, I was kind of bummed I didn't end up going just because Michigan did well. But yeah, I mean, Michigan beat the toothpaste toothpaste factory by 10 goals. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shout out, shout out uh, the Patriot League for getting two teams in the tournament, even though it's not the Patriot League in college hockey, but they're Patriot schools full time. Patriot League schools full time. Colgate and BU. But I, but also at the same time, Penn State putting a whooping on Michigan Tech, and then the Michigan Penn State game one one tie going into OT. Oh yeah. So who do you got, BU or uh, Michigan? Uh, I guess Michigan. There. I have to. I have to say, Quinnipiac's going to beat Michigan. Yeah. Again, I literally know nothing about these teams. I know Michigan has a ton of NHL prospects, both that have been drafted and that are yes. entering the draft this year. So that's one thing just to keep an eye out on. But uh, yeah, I, again, I'm just literally throwing darts at the wall. Well, I think Michigan has a huge and also uh, Luke Cooley or Logan Cooley, yeah. who's another Pittsburgh boy. Um, thanks to Sidney Crosby and his uh, hockey thing. Oh, very nice. All right. Women's final four, G-Dub. LSU or... Yep. Or Vatek. Um, I I have my fi- my champion pick, which I feel like you'll probably have the right. same. But uh, for this game, uh, let's go with Tech. Screw it. Hokey, 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 and then Iowa and South Cadillacy. You kidding me? Dawn Staley, Philly girl. There go you Cox. go. And and I and, and there you go. What do you say? Go Cox all the way. Oh yeah, Gull Gull Cox. Yeah, so much so that there's uh some writer for the Inquirer was like Don Staley should take the Temple job, really revitalize that program. Everybody's like, why the fuck would she Pardon? leave Carolina <laughs> or South Carolina? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Fun fact: Last year, as we go into the Final Four, Daniela picked USC to win the whole thing, and I go, why? She goes, my brother went to USC. I go. Your brother went to University of South Carolina. Oh boy, yeah, that is a legit mix-up, though. Yeah, I was like, normally if you went to a school in the in the South, you know South Carolina as USC. But I've heard some people that have gone to school in the Midwest to the Northeast also say if you say USC, they ask Southern Cal or South Carolina. Yeah, and it's very unfortunate because yes, Trojan and Cox go together, but not this time around. And you went to a school in North Carolina, so that doesn't make it better. Your brother went there. So, Final Four. What a year. Absolutely insane. In the NCAA tournament. Absolutely Banana Land. insane. I cannot believe what I just saw. Overall, crazy, my man. Crazy. If UConn wins the whole thing, are you going to be homeless on Tuesday? I won't be homeless. One of my buddies is is going back up to stores. He graduated in the fall. Um, full disclosure: I had, I had the Boilermakers and the Crimson Tide winning in my two brackets. Yeah, I had. Uh, I went full chalk, knowing that nobody was good in college basketball this yep. year. 
like I think it was a record setting number of number one teams uh, in the polls that oh. lost throughout the year. And I still picked three one seeds in the final four. So I had, had zero final four teams. I had Kansas state, but uh, obviously they lost, but um, yeah, you know, it's fun to be wrong. You know, it, I was talking about somebody talking about this with somebody when Princeton was in the, in their second oh. round game and they're about to go to the sweet 16 of like, how can you not root for that? Even if you yeah. had had Virginia and you're hoping, you know, you're hoping that everything, Oh no, Virginia lost to Furman. Who did they beat? They beat Arizona. Um, even if you had Arizona going deep, it was the same thing with uh fairly Dickinson beating Purdue of yeah. you have Purdue in your bracket, but we're, you had to have been rooting for fairly Dickinson, right? As that game was going on. Oh, we turned it on and we had, we were having a friend's birthday party here. We were making a little taco bar and I was like, we got to watch this. Yeah. Were you pissed off that Purdue lost? I mean, Jordy, it was one of those where only a couple people got into the bracket this year. It wasn't yeah. like 20 people and you're like, God damn it. We were going to win. Yeah. It's again, it was like throwing fucking darts against the wall just randomly. Um, but yeah, I was in a group chat for a golf uh, league that I'm in and some guys like, freaking the fuck out that Purdue's losing. It's like, dude, how are you not rooting for this? That's like what yeah, the, this it, whole it, tournament's about. And like, obviously we have the 15 over two experience. So like yep. we, we might be rooting for that kind of stuff a little more than the average person, but 11 years ago, baby, it doesn't get old. Yeah. On the same day that, uh, yeah, that Princeton won all of that. It was the Lee. I beat Duke day before they, uh, you know, day before, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and then on St. Patty's is FDU. It's crazy. So, let's get into it. FAU or San Diego State's, buddy? I'd love to say FAU's time is over, but they are so well coached, and they play just such a fun style of basketball. So does San Diego State. Um, I don't know. Like, it seems too serious to be like oh there's no way but yeah let's go FAU let's let's say their magical run continues let's say they're a Nova you know an 80 85 Nova and eat a Butler in 2010 type of run this thing continues okay and then the con the convicts versus UConn (laughs) to to quote from the years ago Jesus (laughs) The convicts, convicts versus the Huskies. Um, yeah. Jesus. Uh, let's, oh, that uh, thirty for thirty, folks. That's a great. I mean, that's a good one. The U still maybe yes. the goat thirty for yep. thirty. U part two not as good, but the U one great thirty for thirty. Uh, I'm gonna go with UConn just for you, Jared. Yeah, I th- I think UConn. I would have never thought, and especially since they got the v- Las Vegas and they had a deal with the grodiest hotel rooms, apparently, known to man. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was, oh, like, throw-up everywhere, right? And poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sounds like Maddie D- Matt DiStefano's uh, bachelor party. Yeah, that, uh... We were only there one night, I'm too, at- and that, uh... Oh, he's yeah. not listening. He's not listening. I know. Yeah. Who's um, Matt- who is Matt DiStefano? Yeah, he's not listening. Uh, but, uh... All right, so... For you versus UConn. I got to go with the Huskies. Yeah, I agree. And they have to avenge Gino Uriema. And talking about teams who have had a run, 
Gino and the and the Lady Huskies not making it to the Final Four for yeah, the first time in crazy. 16 years. Pretty Norristown's own Gino Uriema. About to say, yeah, Philly guy. It says Galf. That's how you know he's from here. I mean, and the other thing is, too, they're going to be in Houston, and then I'll be in Houston the week after for a wide conference. So who oh. knows what will Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, say uh, yeah, UConn takes it home. There was, in 2011, the Kemba Walker year, there was, obviously they won ah. again in 2014, but uh, there was a article I read about when they won in 2004, and I just, I can picture this post I read and this picture from the celebration of just some kid holding a sign that just says break shit. And I want to see that (laughs) it's fucking great. And it's nuts that in 20 seasons, they have the potential to have won four different national titles between 2004 and 2023. That's an, Absolutely insane to think about because of all the different spots they've been in, obviously with Calhoun, and then they had the first year of Kevin Ollie, and now they, they obviously have Hurley as their coach. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's... He's a madman. He is an absolute crazy person. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, the pedigree. His dad was coach. Obviously, his brother Bobby was part of that uh, Leitner team at Duke and has been coaching himself. So, you know, good for their family. Hey, and and I got to give a shout out to Pitt wearing the black and gold jerseys during their run. Nobody gave Pitt any thought. They played to play in. They beat Iowa State. And, you know, I, I watched the Xavier game. They didn't do great. Yeah. But shout out to Pitt. Yeah, I heard a, uh, a take on a much more popular sports podcast, perhaps the most popular sports podcast in America. Of uh, So I'm going to reiterate their joke for the listeners that know what I'm talking about. But uh, it's a smart move by Pitt. And it put the perspective of all of all of your teams having the the black and gold for their jerseys of you know, you're a football town. So even when the teams stink, you look at it and, and you just go, Oh, Stillers. Like the Pirates stink, you just look at it and you go, Stillers. Okay, Stillers. They're almost back. Uh, the the Pittsburgh Maulers have also and the USFL changed their jerseys to black and gold. Oh, that's good. Weren't they purple before? Purple and orange. Yeah, that was stupid. Also, I well, love how... The Riverhounds, too. I love how petty these UFL, USFL commercials have been, because there have been a ton of them. Oh, yeah, my God. Oh. Of calling it real football and all that. One of the funniest part of that, Jared, do you know what channels carry the XFL? Fox. Yep. So Fox is hearing these commercials saying real football's coming back, but watch the XFL this Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Which is just so Close. so fucking crazy. Um yeah, we I tried to tune into an XFL game, I think or uh no, I watched some XFL this year. Uh uh I went to an XFL game before COVID. The USFL is what it there's too many fucking football leagues now, but I t- tried to a football a, league. That's not the NFL, the no fun league. Yeah. I tried to tune into a USFL game last year. Even the XFL, we threw on some of it, uh, you know, at some point between the tournament, between the Super Bowl and the tournament starting, it's just not the same. It's the X going to an XFL game was fun. We went to, I went to a DC game, the cup snake and all that, all that fun stuff. But like watching it on TV, 
like the crazy two point conversion stuff and the the onside kick. Did you know that the Eagles are trying to, or they tried? I don't think it ended up being a rule, but they wanted to try to get the fourth and twenty five as to replace the onside kick in the NFL. Oh my god, it would have been great. That is why. Well, apparently, apparently, your coach didn't show up for the uh, for the photo today. Yeah, uh, what was it? it? Was him, Gannon, Vrabel. and Vrabel? Apparently, Vrabel also cracked a beer at like ten thirty in the morning. I would not question him whatsoever. No, Mike Vrabel probably would break us both in half at the same time just by blinking at us. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. Andy, Andy, him and a him and Belichick sitting next to one another, like we don't give a shit. Yeah, Andy Reid's great photo. That. Yeah, he's undefeated in the coach's picture. Wears the Hawaiian shirt. He's always so happy. Now he's won two Super Bowls. It's just I love Andy mm-hmm. Reid. He's great. Yep. Well, we got anything? You got anything else? I don't think so, buddy. Other than this has been a marathon. I'm so happy to be back. I hate that Sean had to run. Yeah, you know, yeah. with with you know, hey, you got family comes first. We've always talked about that, and it does. You know, I wish you and you and Emily nothing but the best here in the next coming weeks. Thank you. Big yeah. time. Big time for the blog. Big time for Bam. the show and for the familia. Um, yeah, you know, I mentioned it before, but if people missed the what I called the State of the Union episode. But uh yeah, we'll um you know, have episodes until the baby comes and then take a little little yattis, little hiatus of uh while I sleep however many hours a night, probably two hours and deal with my child and then uh you know we'll go from there we'll come back and maybe do some some mini episodes especially compared comparatively to the length of this one but you know we'll figure it out and go from there and you know follow us on the socials as uh i probably stay up all night wondering about what the hell the phillies bullpen is doing there you go buddy again it's supposed to be good that means they're going to be bad that's what i take into it (laughs) ah it's usually what happens. Hey, you got a lot of good. You got a lot of good going down in the Philadelphia A right now. So that is true. That. that is true. You know, I mean, I said that. I said this as well. Of uh, you know, the Flyers are a cursed franchise. The Sixers will lose in the second round, but the Phillies are coming back. All is normal in Philadelphia. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But Jared, thank you, man. I know you already uh thank thanked me, but really appreciate you hopping on and doing the marathon session to get these both in. Um, you know, we got close to getting all six in, but, uh, you know, five five out of six ain't bad, especially in baseball. What's the one you missed? We missed the AL East. We had to delay it. We're supposed to do it one night, and uh, our good friend Greg had, had uh, some family stuff come up. Um, nothing nothing bad. I said that before in, in a different episode, but, uh, yeah, we were – Hopefully we do it, but, you know, he's a little busy, a little preoccupied. Yanks are going to win the division. I'll be there for Sox and Yankees uh, June 18th. There you go. There you and go. I was there for the winter. I was there for the winter classic. Big All deal. right. Have you been to a game at Fenway before? Nope. It'll be our first. Fenway is fun. It is really cool. I did not love sitting behind a pole during the winter classic on the section that the pen shot twice, but you know what? It was still an experience. That is funny that they do have those seats. Um, and they, like, they still sell them even after doing, redoing different parts of the ballpark, but it's a very cool stadium. You'll, you'll enjoy it. If Dell's lemonade is there, go get some. Oh, 
Absolutely. That's Polly P. Craig's cousin, for those that don't know. But um, yeah, but that'll do it for this episode. The Megapod. We're going to throw that on there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I know we took a little break as we were switching Zooms, but it's over two hours. So Megapod it is. But everybody, thank you for listening. If you're still listening at the end of this, really appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on the socials, all that. Bullpen cart. Jared. You mentioned it offline. You're still doing your show? Yep. Plug it away. We got to get you on, buddy, at 11 at 11:46 official. There you go. Come look for us uh all, all maybe 16 episodes that uh, myself and Alexy e. Beans have and Jordy, we got to get you coming up here on one. I would love that. But that'll do it for this episode. Again, thank you to Jared. Thank you all for listening. That will do it. Enjoy opening day. We made it. Hope springs eternal. And let's go, Phils. And stay classy as always, Philadelphia.